You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. After laugh, man. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here with uh, fellow comic Manre Martinez. Yes. Do you hate how I culturally appropriate the the accent? <laughs> I actually appreciated it very much. Um, so welcome. We we've only worked together a, once or twice. I think twice. Laugh Factory Long Beach uh-huh. and then Max's show at Comedy Boulevard. Oh yeah, Comedy yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. Yeah, he's he's kind of blown up, Max Manicom. Yeah, Shout no, out to him. He, he he did JFL this year. I didn't even know. I felt bad because I knew him like when he very first started stand up. Yeah, and I you know nurtured him as best as I could. Everything is because of me. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm kidding. But I yeah, and he was like, I was messaging him because I'm going to New York, and I was like, Hey, do you know anybody who's like subleasing? He's like, I'm at JFL. Like I'll go, and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, but it's not oh, all about you. Congratulations. But do you also know anyone who's yeah, subleasing? Yeah, but also back to me. Yeah, JFL is a very interesting thing. If people don't know, it's called Just for Laughs. It's probably the biggest comedy festival in the world. For Maybe comics. Next Edinburgh? I don't know. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's probably uh, bigger in terms of industry is at JFL. It's yeah. basically the Super Bowl for stand-up comics. Yeah. It's like us getting drafted. At the or s- no, so I guess it's a draft for yeah. comics. Yeah. And at the same time... Um, there's not a lot of like, you don't necessarily, it's a weird thing because it's one of those things where you don't necessarily come out hot. Yeah. You go to JFL like, hey, and you show up and you party and then you're like, a month later, like, why is my career at the exact same place? Yeah. So people, people who really go in there with like a purpose, like I'm going to network and smooth and get this, then I, then it's perfect. But For if you're sure. just up there to like, hey man, this is a fun party weekend. Yeah. You're it like, kinda it's. kind of goes by you. Yeah, I mean, I had a, one of my really good friends, Kelly Ryan, she went to JFL this year, too. Mm-hmm. And so she was like the, well, like her and Max now. Like, I've known other comics, but I haven't been, like, as close to them where I could be like, give me the fucking play-by-play, moment-to-moment, <laughs> what the hell happens? And, uh, and yeah, she was just saying how it was funny how some comics, like, she could just tell that, you know, they just came up being... You know, some people like do classes the whole entire time and do bringer shows, and God bless. Like, I'm not knocking anybody, but it's different when they you do classes. What do you mean, cla- like, comedy like comedy seminars? Classes? Oh, up in JFL? Oh, no, I'm saying like and that's how they started comedy. It was like they came up through comedy classes and bringer yes. shows. And so, again, like, God bless. I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong way, but there's definitely a better way. And if you're going to do classes, go ahead but you also have to go amongst your peers and you should be going to open mics you should be doing the hard rooms you should be going to all the different places in los angeles to like vet your material yeah and a lot of them don't do that so she was saying that you could just tell the people who were like seasoned stand-up comics who like came up like versus people who you know they had industry by their side and comedy classes that Uh, like it was just it was like a big difference because there is definitely a thing that happens sometimes with women. Yeah. I don't think as much with men, but with women where they have a great look mm-hmm. and the, the agent managers like, look, do comedy because they don't develop. It'll, it'll be a great adjunct to your acting. And I don't think that's actually a bad way. I mean, look, we get into comedy for all sorts of different reasons. So sure. that's the reason why you got it. Cause you're an actor and you're like, well, this will make me famous. Yeah. 
it's still, you know, if you put in the work, you put in the work. Right. You know, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like I always, I never had a problem with pe- people that were famous that kind of got the shortcut mm. or even like TikTok famous or Instagram yeah. famous. Cause it's kind of like, you know, we know how hard it is to be like Instagram and TikTok famous too. For sure. It does involve work. Yeah. So usually the people that, that develop that type of fan base on usually. Yeah when they translate stamp comedy, it, it works because they work hard. And I think yeah. that's the biggest factor in becoming a good one. I think um, I'm definitely have been more judgmental than you. Um, <laughs> most most yeah. comics are. Yeah. But it's more so, I don't mind. Uh, of course, you can come from any walk of life. You can come from any path. But I think that you have to have respect for the, for the art form. Yeah. And I think that you should do your comedy homework before you just are like, oh, like, well, I have TikTok and I have Instagram and now yeah. my management is telling me that I can sell out Irvine or I can sell out Oxnard and I can sell tickets and mm. I understand for them of course it's a financial opportunity like why would they not do it and if they can tour and whatever but you're coming into a scene with people who've been working at it for years and now you're literally taking a spot because yeah. you know industry is like hey we just got to fill we got to get asses in the seats yeah. again it's not the individual's fault but it is your responsibility to know how to, you know, orchestrate a good set, know the comedy history, know comics, like understand what the different roles, like understand a host, a feature, a headliner, like mm-hmm. understand, like, you know, ask questions. Like there's people who come in with, they have millions of Instagram, you know, followers. And these clubs are like, oh, we're going to book this person because they have a lot of followers. And I'm like, having a lot of followers doesn't necessarily translate into having a lot of fans. That's like, true. You know, because I see these people's names and I'm like, the show's not sold out. Like 100%. I'm on a show with one of them and I'm like, she, this person didn't sell. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, you have internet followers. It doesn't mean you have stand up comedy fans. Yeah. So also there's a weird thing I've been discovering, you know, producing a show now. I used to, when, when friends of mine were producing shows yeah. and they would kind of put me on or bump me or have a hard time. I'd be like, what the fuck dude? We're friends. Why? And then once you start producing a show, you realize like you need people's names that work with the algorithm. Of course. And so you need at least, if you get two comics that work with the algorithm. Yeah. And by that, I mean, if you're going to do a promotion on Facebook, Instagram, you start typing in the name and it pops up. Right. Right. So that yeah. means like we recognize this and it'll help promote. But if you type in Bill Dawes, you got to type in the whole thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> that means it's not in the algorithm. Right. So, and sometimes it's weird. People are on it that you wouldn't expect, and people yep. aren't on it that you would exp- you would think they would be. So um, it does kind of you know you do you lose a show if you don't get butts and seats. So I understand the business side of oh, it. Oh, of course. When I started, it was weird because I was I, I was a an actor and I was on the soap opera. Oh damn! And people gave me a hard time for yeah. getting a shortcut because I had TV credits. Right, right, right. Now TV credits don't mean a fucking don't mean, yeah. dick all. You know? Yeah. There's not none of my TV credits, I don't think, maybe in a small town I can get on right. stage. But even then, I could only get on stage with like, oh, I saw you on this or I know you're on this show. For sure, Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, like, I'm on this show. They're like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, TV credits definitely still help if you're like on like a big show, like, you know, if you're on something. So it's like it does help. But I think, yeah, I don't mind if people like come from that background. It's the same thing. It's like I try to answer everything with love. And so it's no, it's, it's, it's part of the business yeah. of the side of this industry. So 
you have to accept it but you have to be work withable like yeah. if you're the person who's like hey i'm coming into this and i get to take a huge shortcut then just be responsible and be like i'm gonna one make sure that i work hard two i'm gonna make yeah, sure man. i surround myself with funny comics and i learn from them three i'm not gonna have an ego i'm gonna ask a lot of questions yeah. and i'm gonna try to do justice to the art form the, the ego thing is hard just because i feel like for us to be comics we have to have either be deluded or have like big egos like to get on stage and be like what i say is important and right. i need to be seen so that balance is always like a trick th tricky thing the, like your our insecurity and your ego and how we how we manage that but someone like trevor wallace is a perfect example of someone who did it right you know yeah. he came in with these sketches no he was a comic before i used to do he was a comic before mm -hmm. yeah that's I why a lot that. of people don't know about him i was like no 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 did he take time off from comedy to no. do sketches? he was always in comedy yeah all the time. he was always because when doing he came on the, the initial and by the way it's with everybody yeah this was like, oh this fucking instagram star is gonna come and in i was here. like no and when he started he was like he you know he was fine i mean now yeah. he's a fucking beast yeah but like he just put his head down did the work and just proved everyone for and sure. It, and I feel like that's always the case with people who come in with a shortcut. They just, you have the onus of, you don't have to prove people wrong. Right. It's nice. But it helps. Do. Yeah. It helps because anyone, and then everyone likes you and works with you and wants For to do that. For sure. Yeah. 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 So what, let me hear about your upbringing. You, how'd you yeah. get started in this um, I started, uh, I started here in LA, which was, I wish, because I'm from. LA gal? Yeah. Started rough and tough in Los Angeles. Where? I started, I just would go to open mics. Like I'd where, go to, where's your, where'd you go to high school and stuff? I went to, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Oh, okay. So okay. very far away. That's why I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't went to New York City first, but I just wanted to be in sunshine. I was like, I need to. So you, did you go from college to LA? Oh, I didn't go to college. Go to college. I literally <laughs> like hopped on a Greyhound. Well, I tried to I love take, those stories. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to take my car, but it broke down in the middle of West Virginia. And so I left my car. That's took, a scary place to break down. Yeah. It's in, <laughs> I, I remember, so it was like me and and my girlfriend like not lesbian like my friend that's a girl and not that there's anything wrong with lesbians but <laughs> i am not a lesbian um but so me and my girlfriend we were moving out here and we were was 19. the idea to be comics i wanted actors? to do comedy i didn't know exactly what with be comedy. A comic actress maybe yeah i was okay. thinking i was like oh jennifer aniston i was like i could do that yeah, you know, yeah. i could be on a huge show i was like whatever easy and so her and she went to be a singer and so we were like, okay, like we're just gonna do it. I literally, we were supposed to move like in March, but uh -huh. then her dad, he was, he like went to prison and then got out of prison for like white collar crime. Maybe it was in prison, it was like jail. But he was living in Orange County. And so we're like, oh, now we have a place to crash for at least a month. They didn't really know each other, like her and her dad. They didn't like, whatever. Anyway. Interesting. So we were like, okay, we're going to move. We have a spot. And she's like, let's go next week. And I was like, uh, okay. And like, I had $400 to my name. And so like, how were you like? I was 20, 19. 19? Yeah. Yeah, I was 19. I just turned 19. I was working at a gas station in Buffalo, New York. You're working at a gas station? Yeah. Like a cashier? Yeah, got robbed at gunpoint. The whole shebang. Whoa. Yeah, was a was a was a real That's, gas station. No, let's let's unpack that. Let's unpack yeah. that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think most people realize that um, most people go through their entire lives, and by by most people, I mean ninety eight percent of the world mm -hmm. goes through their lives never really seeing a gun live. Oh yeah. And definitely never one pulled on them. Yeah. The amount of people who have guns pulled on them is like. Uh, maybe one percent or less than one percent of the population for sure and like having it like on your forehead on your head. yeah so i've always and we see it so much in tv and films mm -hmm. we become desensitized but 
to have that happen in real life, I imagine that incurred a lot of PTSD. Oh, of course. And I had already had so much PTSD before that because I had tons of trauma like growing up. Obviously, I'm working at a gas station and probably didn't have the so best So what, what, what was the upbringing? What was your parents' uh, blue collar? Did you say my dad was what? A pedophile? No, no my blue stepdad. collar. Oh, I think that pedophile. I was like, no, my stepdad. But we can go uh, there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we're d- you're, everybody's listening. They're like, Jesus Christ, please. Oh, you would be amazed at the stories that that people, people say yeah. in this podcast. Oh, for I sure. can't tell you how many. And and it's it's not just women. Yeah, it's also you know men who. Of course. But I, the, the amount of women that I'm friends with, I've had in the podcast. Like, hey. How'd you get started? They're like, well, I was raped in college. I'm like, oh my fucking oh, yeah. Christ. Rape it's really is always the big And I have big I have daughters, so I'm always just like the idea I'm always thinking, are men that gross? Are men yeah. really doing that? And they're like, Yep. Yeah. Well, that's my genesis too. I got raped when I was six. So like I lived, yeah. Family member? Uh no, it was a babysitter. Yeah. By a by, male? it was my grandma's friend's grandson. So here's I mean and by the way, I just saw Nikki Glaser do a bit about this, and I've yep. been talking about this for a while. Like, I do not understand why you would ever have a male babysitter. Both maybe at the time, yeah. I don't know how old you are. You, I'm 36. Okay, so yeah. yeah, maybe at that time. At the time, I think maybe people were like, oh, there's one pedophile every 10 years, yeah, and we catch him. As opposed to the fact that like, it's a it's a probably a problem. <laughs> right. And he was like 16, 17. So like yeah. he wasn't an adult. So I think they maybe were like, all right, he's fine. But also I just had really, you know, I, I've talked about it a lot in life. Um, now was it, did, did you, this is, and maybe just because I have a daughter, I'm always looking for signs. So had you already known this son before? Had you had some sort of relationship with him? I know my grandma knew them because it was my grandma's like her friend that she went to bingo with. So like they were like friends and so like they had And this I is was, a good kid with a good reputation type of thing? I have no idea. No idea. I just have the memory of being How raped. many times did he babysit you? That's the only one that I can recall. So one, one time and um, do, do you have a, a clear recollection of that of the whole, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Of the day and the thing? Oh, for sure. I mean, not like the day, like not like my morning routine and like what I ate, but like I remember the whole entire like incident. But then the the after part is like blurry, but... Um, I, that is that so something young. you're comfortable... T- do you talk oh, about? Oh, yeah, no, I, I talk about it. Because I'm always there. curious, um, do... Is it the type of thing like, okay, bye, shut the door, like, okay, you. Yeah. What, was, it, was, he, was he trying to do... I guess at age six, you're not trying to do sort of like tr- love bombing or whatever the fuck it yeah, is to get no, people no, no. to like you. It just was forceful or how? how, how yeah, does it look? I mean, I think the kid probably was sexually abused when he was younger or probably, something. Yeah, and uh, he just asked me like what I wanted for my birthday, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, a gem doll. There was like this TV show, it was like gem, gem yeah. yeah. And I wanted a gem Barbie doll. He's like, come tell me in the bathroom. Come tell me in the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And then I went into the bathroom. He like shut and locked the door. Like plopped me on the toilet. Like the toilet seat was like closed, obviously. Um, and then you just like ripped my pants down and just started raping me. And I was like. And so I'm, full on penetration. Oh yeah. Right? Like penis and vagina. Yeah. And I'm, oh I was just like crying. And I was like, please Christ. stop. And then he was just like holding me like tightly. And like, yeah. It was like, yeah, pr- pretty intense. So, I mean. that to me is is i I don't know anything worse than that i honestly don't i'm really sorry that happened to you you know i know you've obviously it sounds like you've done work on it and stuff for sure but um but yeah so the aftermath of something like that and how do you 
How do you live with it? How do you carry the shame? How do you tell people? How yeah. long did it take for you to um, tell someone? I didn't tell people. I, the first person I told was my, oh, she's an ex-stepmom now, but she was, she like picked up on clues because both my parents were very neglectful, obviously. And my dad was like a drunk and had problems with drugs. My mom has problems with drugs now to this day, but like, I mean, they both do. So like, I don't really have like a relationship really with either of my parents. Either your parents and, and they both have drug issues? Yeah, my mom is like, I don't know she wouldn't say she has an issue but it's like the you know the first time she met my brother's girlfriend she's like do you want to do coke or do you want to do ketamine like so i'm like wow. i don't know she just parties but um, i would say like in your 50s if you're partying like her dog swallowed her cocaine like they had to take it to the vet like her boyfriend sells cocaine so it's like i don't know is it a problem and they still live in buffalo they still live in Buffalo, yeah. Um, and you don't talk to them anymore? Um, I will, sparingly. Like, uh, my dad, no. My dad just has no contact with me whatsoever. I've tried to reach out to him. I think he just has a lot of shame and, like, guilt. For not so, being there. Yeah, and just, like, he was very physically abusive to, like, me and, like, my mom. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because, yeah, obviously, you, and I'm sure you've done all sorts of trauma therapy. Yeah. Have you, you have his phone number, and does he uh -huh. have a voicemail? Yeah, I used to, I don't call anymore, but I did for like years. And, and I did was you like, ever call and say I forgive you and yeah. stuff like that? And just like yeah, I've never I've never once been like fuck you, you did never to him because he had such a crazy abusive upbringing. Yeah. Like his dad would like tie him up and like beat the shit out of him, and he like ran away when he was fifteen. He was like homeless, like living on the streets, and yeah. he used to like, like so. It's like I have I had no anger towards. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure at some point. Well, it's I great did. that you were able to recognize the cycle and not yeah. kind of take it so personally, you know. Yeah, and like my dad, like when he when he would have like his sober his sober stunts, like he's really funny. Like he's really funny. He's really yeah. cool. He's very down to earth. He's very smart, very witty. So like I liked him as a person. I just knew when he was like yoked up or whatever or coming down that I was like, we are going to get a different version of this man. Yeah. And so yeah, but I was. You know, my stepmom had a drug problem. Like, my whole entire family is, like, trash. So, yeah. it was very easy for me to, like, separate at a young age. Like, oh, that's not them. Like, that's this. And so, yeah, that's why I've had a lot of terrible relationships. Because if I've had to be so forgiving of my parents for creating then, such then trauma, every, then I'm like, everybody I have to be forgiving for. You recreate that with every toxic guy that you're with. That makes sense. Totally. So, after this uh, event happened with this person... Um, his you name told is Raymond. He lives in Raymond. Buffalo, New York, and he has two his twin daughters. So he has twin daughters right now. Yeah, I saw him like years later when I was ten, which sounds terrible to be like years later, and I was still only ten. And uh, yeah, he had two girls, and they were twins. And I was like, <gasps> I didn't say anything to him. Obviously, Wait, when you were ten, he had twins. Yeah, he had. So then he was like twenty years old with twins, or whatever, nineteen years I old. I mean, who? This is Bob. They probably. Yeah. He, yeah, he was very young. That's fucking, and that those. God, you know, those girls. I mean, I, you know, maybe it's, ah, Jesus Christ. I, yeah. I fucking, mm. So, uh, so you told your stepmother how much later? Uh, this was when I was nine. Well, when I was you're like nine. in third grade. Yeah. And what did she say? She just like sat me down and she was like, hey, she's like, um, she's like, has anything ever happened to you? Has anyone ever touched you or blah, 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 blah? Was like asking me questions because I was having really bad night terrors. I, up until like a few years ago, I used to have really bad night terrors like my whole life and a night terror just so people know what it is it's basically like um 
But difference that and, and a night dream, like what is the exact, how would you define it? For me, like night terrors were like, I would, I guess it was kind of like, uh, what is it called? Sleepwalking where it's like, I was having like physical, like where I'd like get up and like be panicking, but have no memory of it. Yeah, and yeah. so like, I would only find out when I was having like sleepovers with my girlfriends or if I was like dating somebody yeah. and they're like, do you remember like jumping up and like punching, punching me? me? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. wow. So, uh, so she asked you this question and ha- had your behavior, this is three years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your parents were neglectful, right? But yeah. you said she noticed something different in your behavior. Yeah that would spark her to ask you this yeah Yeah. and she's a woman she's more caring and like again like my mom was like now that i'm older i know that my mom has like massive like depression like she has like a depression like on another level where like i just don't i mean she should have never have had kids if i'm being honest i was like girl i would have just because i believe in i was like i would have been born to another parent sure like whatever but um but yeah and then my dad was like abusive so like as a kid, you know, I didn't have anyone to be like, hey, this person was bad and like they hurt me because yeah. then I'm getting like hit by my own dad and then my mom's getting hit. And so I'm like, I can't be like, hey, by the way, this guy took his penis out, you know? Yes. So it was just like, no matter what. And, and I I went to growing up, um, we were the only like white family, like in our neighborhood. I think there's one other white family, but it was like, I lived in an uh, all black neighborhood. Uh-huh. And so when I was little, I used to get bullied a lot because I was one of the only white kids. So it was just like at school, I wasn't safe. Then like at home, I wasn't safe. And then like at my grandparents' house. So it was just a a lot of my whole entire life up until I was like 17 and I moved out was just like constantly living in like fear and but not even knowing that like just having just being like, oh, life sucks. Frog in boiling water. You just don't even realize it. Yeah. So you're... your ex stepmom. Mm-hmm. What did she? Did she do anything actionable after that? Did she just listen to you? What she do? Yeah, she told my dad, and I remember her telling my dad, and I remember her like shutting the door, and I heard my dad like crying and like being oh. like, "I'm gonna fucking kill him! I'm gonna fucking kill him!" And and then I remember my dad like going into a phone book. So obviously, it's like a long time ago. She's like going in the phone book, like trying to call, like trying to like find him or like whatever, and um, and yeah, like I he uh, I'm assuming he like never found them. Or never found the person and then i remember i went to they took me to some family doctor or something i remember that was the only one time i was like oh yeah i'm cured guys um i got a family therapist yeah like okay. a family therapist and i remember i was like in the waiting room and do you know do you remember those toys that like they have those little blocks and you like move them on the wires yes of yeah course. and i remember like playing with that and they were like observing me and <laughs> but i was very smart and i was like very like i i was very wise for a young age and I remember like them like talking and I can like hear them and I'm playing with the thing. And I, I was like, I always felt like I was an adult. And I, I just remember being like, you guys, I got raped and you really have these type of fucking like bullshit ass toys that you're going to make <laughs> me play with. Like, yeah. you don't think I've earned like a little bit better of like a toy, yeah. like a Game Boy something. <laughs> um, and then he just asked me, he like literally like sat like spread eagle in front of my dad and in front of my stepmom. And he was like, and pointed at his penis. And he's like, do you know what this is? And I was like, yes. And he's like, this is a penis. I was like, I know I had it inside of me. And he was like, so this penetrated you? I was like, yes. Like, and then, and then, yeah. And then that was it. So I, God, this is so, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm thinking. I'm sorry. Like, you're like, this is so intense. No, because <laughs> yeah. honestly, I think about this with uh 
my daughter a lot. My, I have a two-year-old, and, I, oh, and I think about it all the time just because how do you teach a child about body autonomy? I mean, one of the ways I do it for sure is like even even now. Yeah. And I'm not just looking for excuses not to change diapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after like two, when she comes a little bit more conscious of, of some of some level of gender right. difference, um, I just don't feel like I want to take off her diaper in a way that feels invasive. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Where it feels like a Jodie Foster scene. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, Jesus Christ. She's like squirming. Like, no. I'm like, ugh. I don't want to like in any way put this into her brain. So, um, and then also just the idea of like how, how do you trust people? I mean, number one is keep away from men. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And how long you do it. But also, uh, I'm just so, I'm so horrified that it's something that happened and obviously this guy just got off without any yeah. sort of repercussions from it. Yeah. And, but then you saw him when he was 10. When I was 10, yeah. Where was um, that? So we were staying, so my dad and that woman, uh, they broke up and uh, we were staying, my dad like lived in this like studio apartment. I mean, my sister were playing in the neighborhood and we saw like his cousin and he was like, Oh, he's like, come over. He's like, but it wasn't the, wasn't the guy. It was yeah. like someone yeah. who we just like knew from that time that was like related to him. And he was really cool. And he was like, Oh, we were watching Freddy Cougar at his house. And you had been trying to block this guy out of your memory yeah. f- for that time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, but I didn't think anything else. I was like, it's not his fault that mm-hmm. it was his family member, mm-hmm. like whatever. And, um, and so like me, my sister, and then like his friend and like, uh, him we all were watching like Nightmare Before Elm Street or whatever and then me and my sister were leaving and as we were like walking down the stairs we just see him he's like at the kitchen table with like his two like daughters newborn yeah daughters. they were like maybe like one like yeah. one and a half and um, and like me and my sister like just pause and we're like uh and then we're like hey and and he's like oh hey girls he's like I haven't seen you in forever and me and my sister are like yeah okay and then we just like run out and then my sister's like okay we have to tell dad and I was like no 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 don't tell him because I was uh, I knew for a fa- my dad, Your dad would, would kill him yeah 1000% yeah. my dad would have I've seen my dad like my dad lived in like a sober living home or something one time and some guy my dad was on the phone with my other sister and some guy was like man hurry up and my dad just looked at him and just start like literally just start fucking like beating the shit out of him wow. and I'm like cause he He's, he's yeah. got a temper. Um, and, so and where's I was like, your dad from? What's his story? Where's my where? dad's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. And, well, he's Puerto Rican and Irish. So he's from... Oh, so he likes to fight. Oh, yeah. Drinking and fighting. I'm like... And that's literally just the Irish side. Um, but yeah, he's... But he, like I said, he's really cool. He's, but as soon as like if you fuck with his family or like whatever, mm, like yeah, he'll just... Sure. He'll be like, I don't care. Like I'll go to prison. He's like, I have no... like zero yeah. ounce of care about it and so yeah. i was just like no no don't tell him don't tell him i was like i don't want dad to go to jail i don't want him to go to jail um, had your sister been affected by this guy at all had he tried to no but it's interesting because year like up until literally like last year like my sister like told me and i was like oh but she told me that she had heard me crying in the bathroom and she didn't she was like she didn't know froze. what to do and she froze and i was like oh i wish you didn't tell me that um uh. but it's okay and so but she has like survivor's guilt because he was For like, sure. okay, she, she's like, because you know, I remember he asked both of us and she's like, okay, you go first, Monterey. And then, you know, so oh, he probably wow. would have raped her too or whatever. And, 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 so, he, and he, she told you this years later. Yeah. She told me this like literally like last year oh. about the part of like hearing me cry and like didn't know what to do. Was that something that she'd kind of 
discovered in therapy or something she'd been really she just actively started going on. to therapy yeah i wow. think i think maybe she just like didn't want to tell me because she didn't want me to be like well what the fuck you should have stopped it or blah 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 yeah, yeah so and and i get like i have no i she's younger sister older sister older older yeah, yeah three years older yeah yeah, that's tough yeah but i've always been like she's older in terms of like where she'll be very like nurturing and she's like very caring and i've always been like the one that's like protective and like confrontational or um just like discipline like because yeah. i we have other brothers and sisters and i'm always the one where i'm like do your homework do this we'll do yeah. it again well then go sweet like i've always been the one but it's like i'm trying to make them better people but i was kind of harder on my brothers and sisters and um so like i would be the one to protect her like if someone was like you know, at the playground being rude to her, like I would fight them. Like yeah. I was more like my dad. She was yeah, more like yeah, my yeah. mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fascinating. So, um, so that was, that was, when did you start kind of doing work to heal this? And when Pandemic. did you kind of get to the, really? Yeah. Cause I literally just always thought I was fine. Like, because again, this was my whole entire life because then after that, like my mom was like with this guy for two years, he didn't rape me, but he sexually abused me for two years. He like molest me. Like, <sighs> yada 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 Fuck. and and then like i said like my dad was like abusive and having drug problems and was like going in jail so it's like it was just always my it mom got kidnapped one year it was just like jesus christ yeah it was just always kidnapped something. by who her boss like it was this guy who like really liked her and he was this older guy and he was like buffalo rich like he probably had like a three hundred thousand dollar home and we're like <laughs> oh my god he's a billionaire and um, he was very, n not trying to be mean, but he's ugly and fat and old. And, but he would come over and, you know, my mom was like a good looking woman, but she had three kids. She was a single mom. Yeah. I have two other brothers and sisters, but they have a different mom. Classic family. Um, but, uh, so yeah, like he would like buy us backpacks or like he would like take us out to lunch and he would like pick us up in his Mercedes. And at this point we didn't have a car. So we we're like, oh my God. Yeah. Don, Don's the man. Yeah. And then. My mom was like, okay, like, do you like him? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, uh, okay, Don said that he's going to pay for you to go to private school. I was obsessed with private school when I was yeah. younger because I just wanted to wear uniforms because we were poor. And I was like, if I wear a uniform, then no one will no know one I'm poor. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I was always like into like education. But anyway, so I remember her one time being like, well, Don can pay for private school. And he said that we can move to California and we can live in a house. And I was like, okay. And I was like, that's awesome. And... I was like, but mom, like, do you have to, I'm like 11. I was like, do you have to like date him? And she was like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'll have to date him. And I'm like, well, do you like him? And she's like, no. And I was like, wow. I was like, well, mom, like, then I don't want you to, I don't want you to, I, I don't want any of those things then. And she's yeah. like, are you sure? Like, that's the only way, like, I'm going to be able to like give you the things that you want. Wow, and I was like, amazing. Which is so funny because I just literally had this like revealed in a hypnotherapy session like two months ago because I've always been a very competitive person mm -hmm. with everything that I do and um, and I didn't realize that I was so competitive because I was always poor and like I always like I had to be great at something to get noticed because sure. I didn't have the nepotism or I didn't have like the resources to be like hey I did my school project on the computer it's like I had to handwrite my shit so you know like I always and then like when I did cheerleading all the girls could pay for like gymnastics classes or they could pay for like trainers or whatever and I was like oh I just have to like work extra hard just to be at the same level of these yeah. girls and um and same thing when I started stand-up comedy I was like okay and I'd be like really fucking competitive and like 
you know, I, I never outwardly said things to some most people, but I'm sure people could feel it in my energy where they're like, oh, she thinks I suck. And I would just, <laughs> if people ask me questions, I'd be like, that's not a good joke. Like I would just kind of rip them a new yeah, asshole. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm so competitive because I had this pressure, this moment popped up of my mom, like being like, okay, I have to date this guy. And that's the only way, like, we can get the things that we want. Wow. And I just had that pressure. I was like, okay. Cause I remember telling my mom, I was like, no mom, like I'll get you those things. Like I'll, I'll make money. I'll do it. And when I was little, I was like trying to be like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I was like trying to handwrite scripts and like send them to Nickelodeon. <laughs> like I was like, all right, like I have to like, you know, provide for my family. And I was like, that pressure has like been on me this like whole entire yeah, time. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh. Well, it's one of those things, you know, they say it's the mantra that gets you up every morning, keeps you going, is also the one that slowly kills you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, damn. So, like, now, like, even just in the past few months, I've just noticed, like, how much fun I'm having doing stand-up again because it, what like, every time, like, especially if I had, like, a big club show or something, like, I had this pressure, like, I have to be great. I have like, to be the best one on the show. Because I, I show need them. it. Yeah. yeah, I need it because if someone doesn't book me for another show, like, I'm literally not going to make money yeah. and then my whole entire family is going to still be in a trailer park and I, they're not going to live life because I'm not successful. I find with, with, are you an actress too? Is it something you prefer? I tried pursue? it. But I just... You just don't care for it? I just don't like saying things that other people wrote that I don't think is good. Yeah. And I, I know that's that. really shitty, but I'm just like, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you feel that... Because uh, I always feel with like with acting and comedy, there's like a, a similar uh, entry and there's a similar issue with both. One is you want to bring it, Yeah. but you want to be authentic. Right. And the line between bringing it and being authentic is always can be a little bit slippery because if you're really authentic on stage, it's like you're sitting there having a cigarette like Dave Chappelle style. Right. Like you're just at a cocktail dinner. For sure. Um, but there's also the performance of it. And I feel like the best ones, the people that, I don't know, you or me or most people like are the ones that they just kind of feel like they're just talking to you. For sure. And I always feel like I was an actor and a dancer, so I'm always feel like I got to perform. Mm -hmm. I got to put on a show. Yeah. And, and then you get some success with that, but then you realize like, oh wow, if I just, the moments I like drop and I'm really authentic about my vulnerabilities, people relate to that so much. So, so I'm bringing that up because saying the competitiveness, mm -hmm. which is like, give them a show kind of runs counter to the idea for of just sure. really just sitting in who you are. For right? sure. And for me, like I didn't realize how intense I was to other people, like how intense I was to, to like an audience sometimes where I was like, Jesus Christ, like watching like yes. some of my footage back because I just had this like raw, I was like, coming out like fred durst like let's go like okay like oh you never got beat okay your dad never hit you and people are like what yeah, 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 like yeah. and so it was just like and you know some of the crowd is like oh this is fun and this is rowdy but some people are like jesus christ and so i was like oh how can i still tell all of my same jokes but like not be so in people's faces yes. so where they're like well, i'm yes. sorry that happened to you it's not my fault you of know course. And then if you go too authentic, then it sounds like therapy and it totally. can get boring too. Yeah. Same thing when you're acting. If you're just like, I'm just, I'm just kind of here and I'm just talking. It's like, well, fucking, I want to feel some attention. Yeah. I want to feel some drive or it's boring to me. Totally. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's just always like knowing that balance. And that's why it's so important. Because a lot of times like I would just record myself, uh -huh. but you're not ever, I wasn't like watching myself. Yeah. And so I had to like actually like watch myself. And that's when I was like, damn. 
okay like this is you're a little intense girl yeah yeah yeah. oh that's wild um and have you ever considered doing a one-person show Um, with your style of comedy that you might you know i feel like with, with your upbringing and your history yeah i feel like no um i've never been interested in doing that uh but i definitely do want to write a series Yeah, I want to like write a series like uh, Louis show is like one of my favorite shows. Louis show is like one of my favorite shows. And uh, I loved that he basically there were like all these like little vignettes just like strung together. And I was like, oh, I want to do something like that. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to, I don't know. I'm not really into like theater and I'm not knocking anybody who's like into that stuff. Sure. But it just feels, I feel like comedy feels perfectly imbalanced with like who I am. Cause I okay. don't like being that, like when I'm silly, you don't want to be telling, that vulnerable now. Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm being very vulnerable on stage when I'm being like, all right, but I'm constant. like everybody, I, for, I forget the comic that told me they're like, every time like you, it feels like you're about to go vulnerable and you have such a silly like turn that you like keep, but you go, uh, and then, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. so it never yeah. gets like serious or it never gets sad. And, and it's not like I can't get serious or sad, but mm-hmm. I don't ever want the audience to feel sad. Or, yeah. You know, I don't of ever course. want them to feel like, man, like we came out to watch comedy. And so I feel like that's just been a huge learning uh, thing for me is just being like, hey, this is you and the audience. Like, it's yeah. not just you up there. Because there's times where I'm like, well, I'm an artist. And, and I'm like, bitch, like be like be cooperative. Like, yes. I understand it's your shit but they're here too and listen. So I just heard a great piece of advice, which I don't really know how to put it into my act or really kind of make it a viscerally true thing to me. But someone said, a lot of times comics go up and go, do they, do the, does the audience like me? Mm-hmm. Like, are they gonna like me? Do they like me? And they're like, oh, they like me. But it's important to remember that the audience is almost always thinking, does the comic like me? Mm. So they're, they're in a more insecure state than right. you. They they want to be liked either like as a crowd and as an individual. They're like, right. this person isn't up there hating me and everything I do. Right. And I feel like sometimes when I get intense, even if I'm just joking, yeah. I feel that it can, people go, oh, this person hates me. Right. And it makes me, them feel a certain way. As opposed to like, oh, they, I go, oh, they hated me. Totally. No, they didn't hate me. They just thought I hated them. Right. So they're reacting to me hating them. For sure. And that's always, because, you know, sometimes the best, the best turns you're going to get are the turns where you like slam someone or a group or something of that course. people find valuable. Yeah. So that's always the fun. Yeah. So it's always hard for me to, you know, and then you can always, well, make yourself the victim. Make always, you know, never punch down, make yourself the victim. But sometimes. Yeah. I feel like everything is just depends like on the moment. Like there are times where I am fully confident and will be like, I am this, this, this. And then there's times where it's like, just whatever my truth is. Like, yeah. cause sometimes I'm like, Hey, I'm this, this, this person, but I'm also simultaneously this, this, this person. So yeah. sometimes it's confident and insecure. And sometimes like you could be a confident person, but have insecure moments, you know? So it's like, it's the same thing with racism. Like you can not be racist and say or think something racist yes. or vice versa. Like you could say something racist and not, or I don't know if I just said the same thing, but you get what I'm saying. With yeah. Like, well, I, you know, I was when back in the day when I was a yoga teacher and all into that bullshit. No, I didn't stop bullshit. But yeah. w- something that helped me was this idea that you can have any thought 
Yeah. There's no sin in having a thought about literally anything. Right. It's holding on to thoughts that becomes a problem. For sure. So even if you have a, even if you have a thought of like, like again, back to the Galatians, like, like, would I fuck a kid? Like, would you have a thought? There's nothing wrong with having the thought. Right. Like, uh, and then going like, oh, no, I wouldn't. Right. But if it's a pervasive thought, then, yeah, if it's then a it becomes constant thought with anything, yeah. you know, because our brains, our brains are just, our neurons are firing in every direction. We, we react to 8 million things that we see every day. And we're always like, how do we, how do we fix that? What do we make that thing? How does that relate to us? So, um, you can, you can think about all sorts, you can think about murder and rape oh, and course. all sorts of, but you know, obviously when you yeah. focus on too much, you know, and For I feel sure. the same thing with comedy. Like if I focus too much on negative shit. It's, it, it ends up bringing down my set and I don't even realize it. Right. You know? Yeah. No. And I think as comics naturally, it, not all, because obviously I think there are people who are comics by profession and then people who are comics by nature. And Interesting. I think that... What's the difference? I think people who are comics by nature, that's just like the filter, like the operating system that their brain is on. Yeah. So it's like you process everything through comedy. Yes. Like that's how, like I said, like if I'm telling someone that a story about how I got raped or how my mom got kicked, I'm naturally processing it through comedy because that's just my, that's yes. the hard drive that's yes. installed. Like it just works like that. Yeah. And, or if my friend's dad just died, like I'm never going to be insensitive to that person. But if I know how to like say a joke, that's not offensive to them, but also is cheering them up, you know? Yes. So yes. I feel like, but some people like you would never know they were a stand-up comic unless they told you, and you're yeah. like, oh, I don't think that their brain is like naturally processing comedy. They just know how to write a good act, and yes. that's fine. Like, there's no no knocking that whatsoever. Um, it's it's like with athletes. Like some people are probably going to be like naturally gifted, and some people work so hard, you know. And it's like you just. It just is what it is. Yeah, I feel like for me, I've never been... Because I heard that Louis C.K. was someone that he just processes things in stand-up comedy form. Yeah. So something happens and he talks about it and it's already a bit. Right. Like instantly. It's for a bit sure. that you can put on stage. And I feel like for me, I got to put in some fucking elbow grease to make that yeah. happen. It's not... I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look for the reversals and the, and the hard landings, but I'm not right. just going to like... Oh, so it's a Whole Foods Day and have a perfect fucking bit. Right. Every once in a blue moon. Right. Something will happen and I'll go on stage and I'll say that. For sure. And it'll have and it'll have integrity. But then usually if I say it like a week later, it, yeah. it's gone because I don't really feel what I felt when I, you know, the For first For sure. Time. And I'm sure Louis does put in elbow grease I know, too. I know, course, yeah, like course. I'm sure he does. And it's, it's one of those things too where I, you can, oh, I'm sure like if you're out in public, you can spot if someone's a comic because it's their cadence, it's their inflection, mm. it's their timing where like the there's there's just like a natural rhythm to how a comic speaks where you're like, oh, this is a comedian versus yeah. when you are, you know, I can always just pick them out. I'm like, oh, that person does stand up. Or like when I'm in a circle with like a bunch of comics and say I don't like know everyone that well, like I can always pick. I'm like, that person's funny, that person's, that person's funny. Interesting. Just by like inflection and cadence. And then I'm like, yep. Because there's just, there's just like a rhythm to how some people speak. And there's, yeah. I mean, people could say the same lines as each other. It's the same thing with actors. Yeah. And you're like, wait, why is this same thing with dancers? You're like, yeah. wait, it's the same fucking choreography. Like, how is one person killing it and the other person's not yeah. when they're doing the same moves? Yeah. You know? And that, well, that's also another thing, too, because the presentation of someone in terms of their look and their voice, they could be the funniest person in the world, but if they don't have a funny voice or a funny look. Yeah. They have to work a lot. Like someone like Anthony Jeselnik yeah. doesn't have a funny look or a funny voice. Right. 
he just is a brilliant writer. Great writer, yeah. So he had to be a great writer for sure to become a good comic. Totally. Because there's nothing you're not you're not doubled over talking to Anthony Jeselnik off, of course. off the court, you know? Yeah. Um, and something like Dave Chappelle just goes I mean, I remember one time I was watching Dave Chappelle at the Laugh Factory and it's when he after the Africa thing he'd kinda yeah. come back and he was gonna say just smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And just look at the audience and go like stand up comedy, stupid. And just look around. He was drinking, and I remember someone said, "What are you drinking, Dave?" He goes, "Coca Cola," and everyone laughed. Yeah, just the way he said Coca Cola. Yeah, and I was like, man, that's a gift. Yeah, he just there exactly. And like, then you add his 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 energy and his writing, his point of view. It's like you totally. Know, then then you that's get, how the goat. you yeah. become great. Yeah, and so yeah, it's interesting because I'll like I love watch I loved watching stand up even way because stand up was the thing that like made me ha it was like escapism when I was younger. Like I loved watching comedy because it was surrounded by so of much course. trauma and drama that I was like, ooh, comedy, comedy, comedy. Like, this is what this is the thing that makes me happy. But I had so much respect for stand-up comics that I was like, I looked at them like as if they were like, you know, professional athletes. Of and course. I was like, I'm I can't not going to play, play football. Yeah. yeah. And then, but I always knew I loved comedy. So I was like, oh, I'll just be a comedic actress because that's what I looked like. Sure. And then when I tried it, I was like, I'm not these people. I was like, and I knew, and I was doing a, I was doing sketch and improv for like six years before I ever did stand up. Where? Uh, Second City. So let's backtrack. So you, you get you get the hoopty. You you drive out. Car breaks down. Car breaks down. Have to bring two bags only. Had to like show like leave everything in my car. Hop on a Greyhound. You and your friend on the Greyhound yeah, bus. Yeah, me and my friend. Like literally, they almost didn't let us on the Greyhound because we weren't <laughs> allowed to bring trash bags. And we're like, oh, sir, we have no money left. Like. <laughs> And the thing about when you do a Greyhound, you have like layovers. Yeah. How long is that trip? Five days. Five days. And you don't layovers. stop at a hotel. You don't stop at, you're just five Sleep days on, bus? on a bus. Yeah. You don't get to stop so and when, like brush your teeth. when they stop. You have these layovers where it's like they basically, so like a whole bunch of buses are doing drop-offs and you have to get, you have to take your own like shit on uh. and off the bus. And her and I are like layered up in clothes too. So we're trying to bring the most shit. So we have to have like underwear bra. Like, <laughs> so we're like layered up in so many clothes. Like yeah. I, I have whatever. And so every single time they have a layover, the next leg, say people are like, okay, you have the next six hour leg. There's only a certain amount of buses that come at a time. So not everybody who's at this drop, because there could be like a thousand people, but the buses only sit, I don't know, like 80 people or whatever, yeah. maybe less. And so they're like, and it's just first come, first serve. It's not, hey, there's a system in place, like A through E, you get on this bus. And <laughs> no, nope. they're like, grab your shit. When the bus comes, run. Run. And so like her and I... I mean, literally, like, fucking Black Friday. Like, I'm, like, elbowing people. I'm, like, jumping over children. Trying to get I'm, beanie babies in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And I got on the first leg every single one. Like, and we just had these trash bags. Like, no one helps you. There's none of those things at the airport where, like, you know, you could have, like, you a little dolly. You never got to lay down this whole time. No. Wow. Yeah. And so, and, like, everybody, and God bless, like, I'm not judging. I told you, like, where my family comes from. But, like, most people there don't have, like, all of their teeth. Like, sure. you know, most people, like, can't afford a plane ticket or have, like, some criminal record. So, it's, like, the people you are surrounded by, a little sketch. Little, yeah. A little sure. scary. And when you arrive on the, on the, you finally arrive into mm -hmm. L.A., the bus depot. Yeah. Is... The, the dad picking you guys up yeah so we arrived in orange county because he was living in orange county and the very first he forgets to pick us up <laughs> so we arrive at three in the morning he doesn't oh, come God. till like 8 30 in the morning 
And as her and I like keep trying to pass out, we're getting like yelled at by security. He comes and he's like, what's up, bitches? He's like, we're going to the horse track. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, we haven't slept. And he like took us to IHOP and then we like literally went to a fucking horse track and we're like racing. He He's like a white collar criminal. But I'm um, blessed. What's up, Jim? But. And you stayed there for a month. I stayed there for like two, like two, three months. And was that okay? Was that yeah? yeah. Everybody was chill. Like okay. it was good. I worked like two jobs. Like we didn't have a car, so like we had to walk to work. And then her dad got like a DUI, so then I had to drive him to work. And then we got to use his car, but we were like sharing one car with like her brother, the brother's girlfriend, like wow. me, her, the dad. It was like. Yeah, we were just like making it work, and then, um, and then I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. I met a boyfriend. I fell in love immediately, um, and that's that helps. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a nice like. It, it was like the first time I'd ever like fallen in love too, yeah. and I was like, oh my god! And, and what did he do? Uh, he was away. He worked at the restaurant across okay. the street, so he worked at Chili's, and I worked at this restaurant called Pomodoro. Yeah, and we yeah. would like bring each other food, and Aww. we're like, obviously, this is adorable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so we got a place together. We were together for like a year and a half, two years, and then I started coming up to LA to like be like, okay, try to like figure out what I wanted to do. Did you know? Did you have the idea that you wanted to start stand up comedy? Uh, no. So stand up, like I said, I loved stand up, but I didn't think that I. Yeah, you could, think that was your entry? I yeah. was too insecure. Yeah, I was like, no. Um, so then I just started doing sketch and improv because I was like, okay, like that's that's how I become a comedic actress. So I was sure. like, I do sketch and improv, and then I'm like, you know, maybe I go on SNL or maybe like you For know sure. I had like that whole um, vision in my head, and and then I studied. I went to like acting classes and stuff too. Like I did Meisner and like fucking Stella Adler and like Gregory Burke. And you just never liked it, huh? I could not. Stand I think actors. there are more and more. <laughs> I was like, these fucking people are uh, such it's dorks. It's so funny. I go back and forth between like, oh, comics are so much cooler than actors to be like, wait a second. Maybe actors are cooler than comics. Wait, no. I go back and forth. I, I tend to f think that comics are smarter and more interesting. Of course. But also, you know, I'm, I, I didn't grow up with like the, the, the turtleneck Zers and Zays of you know where yeah. everything is just and, and everyone's a man bun and being ambiguous wearing black turtlenecks and being I, you know I went to NYU grad school and everyone there was coming from like people had like English backgrounds math backgrounds so it was like yeah. they were, they were more fully formed people for sure by the time they came to school yeah they were the kids that were like just the theater camp from age four to then yeah you know what I mean I don't mind theater camp kids because when I was in Groundlings and like Second City there was theater camp kids I was like at least they're creative and like yeah, interesting yeah. and fun when I was here it was like the actors who were all hot people <laughs> who grew up watching like Vampire Diaries oh, and like hot. let me go to LA yeah it was all that where everyone's like I'm hot I could say words on TV and I should get paid for it. Yes. So it was a lot of that bullshit. And I was but like, those are, but usually they're so bad. Oh, they're all garbage, but yeah. all of them got work. And I was like, am Did I crazy? Oh, wow. Yes. I was like, am I crazy? I just felt like I was living in crazy world where I was like, this person sucks. They're <laughs> trash. So they have nothing interesting about them. Like they they don't have a good story. And then I'm like, oh, he booked a commercial. He booked this TV show. He booked that. And I was like, yeah. all right, I gotta get, like, I gotta I get the fuck this out. World. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And yeah. so I was just, and and like I said, like as a, I think comics naturally because it's like we are everything. Like we do write and we can act and we can direct and we can produce and um, we can podcast. So it's like I think that 
we're the superior entertainment. The superior race. Yeah. We're we're the, we are the master race. It's the we, comics. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I Like I said, I go back because then, that, I, then I think that, but then I see how shitty comics are. And I realize the actors, believe it or not, I feel like, not often, but sometimes are more supportive. For sure. Oh and my also, God. you know that like as your star continues to rise, like they're going to come knocking on your door. Of course. So you're going to have to reconcile a relationship with acting at some point. Totally. So that's why I'm like, I'm not, and like I said, like obviously I'm just talking about like the small hub of like narcissist actors I've yes. met because I've definitely met very amazing actors who are incredibly talented where I'm yeah. like, whoa, I could actually never do what you do. So yeah. I'm, I'm just being an asshole. But, yeah, I feel like um, with, you know, with acting, it's something where it's like if I am a, pro a part of a project where I really believe in it, then I would be like honored to do something, but I'm not going to pursue it. Sure. Or I don't want to just audition for like, especially because I never got to audition for comedy because based on my look, they're like, all right, you're going to be running victim number seven and like your t-shirt gets wet. Are you cool with that? And I'm like... <laughs> No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not okay with that. So how did you first get your first stand-up spot? Um, I did do, uh, so I did open mics and then this is like when I- But was, your first open mic is a big monumental moment. I mean, most people have a, a Oh, I went about far. That. Like I went like somewhere in like Riverside. So I was Riverside. Like, terrified. Of, and like, how many people somebody, were there? I, like 10. 10 people. Yeah. Uh, they're comics. all comics. They yeah. have no pads. And I think, um, I, so- so then I would do like these like local like little open mics here in LA and then I, I was still at Second City at the time so I was still doing sketch and improv and one of the people from Second City was like oh hey he's like there's this comedy class that you can take and if you do it he's like I mean you'll probably get a writing job you get a late night like I literally thought I was like oh if I do this class like I'll just start getting credits like I genuinely sure, did not know course, how long it was I was like whatever I was like, I don't know, in two years, I'll probably be on TV. Like, yeah. I just thought it was going to be that easy. Yeah. And um, I do this comedy class. I don't want to say who it is because I'm so against it. Against and comedy classes in general? I'm not. Like, people, I think if they want to do comedy Where classes. Where was comedy class? Was it, it was in Santa Monica. But Santa the person, Monica. I feel like what they were teaching us was just so fucking wrong. And at the time, I'd, I kept like giving pushback. A man. Okay. And Okay, got it. And, and the person, I'm like, you don't do stand-up well. You yes. don't do stand-up. Yes. So I'm like, I'm s now, now me as an adult, like after doing stand-up, like I love helping com younger comics. I love being like, I'm not running a school, but say if I ever went in, I'm like, oh, I could fucking teach a masterclass on this for sure. Yeah. But it's like, but at least I'll have the, I'm like, dude, I've opened for some of the biggest fucking acts. Like at least I'll have like the credentials to be like, hey, and I've worked at some of the best venues. I'm like, I'm not, this guy who never fucking had any stand-up credentials whatsoever telling you how to do stand-up. And then when I'm giving pushback, and here's the thing. So, like, when you do this class, everybody writes for you. And I was like, I don't think what? they're funny. So, you, you say your things. You go up. So, you have this technique where you're like, say, if you're going to talk about your daughter. What's hard about being a dad? What's hard about being a dad? What's funny about being a dad? What's weird about being a dad? what's great you have like these four different ways and you write you know all the things that are great all the things that are whatever and then we go up in front of each other and we just like say them then everybody in the class goes around and is like yeah you should say this or you should say that and because most of the people who are not in the class are not funny then yeah. the funniest people are the ones writing your shit so it's like i was giving everybody ideas and like yeah. whatever and i'm like 
do I get a discount now? No. <laughs> and and then people would pitch me ideas and I'm just like, mm, mm, no. no. And and then like I, you know, I have like a darker sense of humor and he'd be like, no, don't do that. And he kept trying to like write uh, these hack jokes for me. Like, oh. like say, and uh, I forget, he's like, Oh, I remember because he's like you're Puerto Rican and Irish. So say I'm Puerto Rican and I'm Irish. So I like to drink, and I like to drink. And I go, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. He's like, well, then you can't perform at the at the fucking. What? So at the end, you get a tape. The whole entire point of doing the class is to get a tape, so then you could start submitting it, yeah. so you could get on other shows. Yeah. That was like the whole thing. And then there's industry there. So if you didn't do this one joke. I like to drink, and I like to drink. Then. He wouldn't book. Yes, you. he wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me do the showcase. But at live during the thing, I obviously didn't do the joke because fuck you. Yeah. And I was like, I already got my tape, bro. Bye. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I was just like, you're teaching these people, but like, cause I knew stand up, cause I had been, like I said, I've yeah. been studying it, watching it, whatever. And I was like, these poor people who are paying seven hundred and fifty dollars, and it's like, it's such bad things to teach fucking comics, yeah. and. Anyway, like I know people who literally stayed in his class for years, for like eight. The man is a nice man. God bless his soul. But I do think that he is ripping people off. For sure. Um, oh, for sure. It, or you just have to like be on it. And I'm like, you, you need to either like have people come and be a guest and be like, hey, this is an established comic. This is an established comic. This is a great writer. And these three people, like, yeah. they're gonna be a panel, and you can trust that like we're sourcing people who like know the art form yes. and can give you good direction. Yeah. And I just knew it was all bullshit. And like all the people who came from there, I'm like, they suck. Yeah. But I took one acting class. I'll name it. It was Eddie Brill. I don't know if you know who Eddie Brill. Who he, used, is. he used to book Letterman and uh, he, uh, and then he got fired cause he was like, women aren't, he basically said women aren't funny mm. and he was, and he was, and is in my opinion. And I, don't like to talk shit. Yeah. But just pref like a very unfunny guy. Like one yeah. of those guys, I think he's a perfect example of someone who isn't naturally funny, yeah. doesn't look funny, doesn't sound funny, but just was very diligent. So he was right. able to craft some like, and he just hung out a lot. Yeah. So he became friends with everybody, you know, which is one of the hidden secrets about comedy. For if you just sure. hang out LA with everybody, you just like attach yeah. yourself and kiss everyone's ass. Like, yeah, kiss the ring and you'll get. You know, lots I mean, difference with actors because if you kiss all the actors' ass, like an actor can't get you a job, totally. but another comic can get you a job. Absolutely. And another club. I mean, it's, yeah. it's how it kind of works. Exactly. But um, but I remember because I was, you know, I was going to go to clown school after I went to acting school. I like Bill Irwin and Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton were my heroes. Yeah. And so I, my foray was like physical comedy. You yeah. Know? I was a professional break dancer. That's and I had a bit about, like, this is my first bit. It was like about spooning, like yeah. my girlfriend. But it had like all these like funny shapes to do with your arms and shit. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is like, what, 17 years ago. But he was like, it's too physical. Yeah, comedy shouldn't be that physical. And I was like, you're a f ugly fat Jew. <laughs> That's why you're saying it. I can say yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. No, I, was like, I was like, you can't tell me that comedy shouldn't be physical yeah it, there's no rule that's the thing it's like there are no rules to it but the only rule to it is like don't not be authentic like it has to be authentic yes. if you're forcing me to say something that i'm like hey i don't like it it's yeah. not true i'm not a big drinker like all these things so i'm like then that's the number one rule is that i don't care if you do physical comedy, like I love Bo Burnham, but I also love fucking Bill Burr and Sam Kinison. But then yeah. I also love fucking Dimitri Martin. It's like, I love an yeah, array well, of yeah. comics and styles. So, and I'm not like comedy should be this and you should be edgy or you should, it's like, I love Maria Bamford. Yeah. It's like, just be what you are. Yeah. But and it's funny because the industry does try to, 
because and this is you know I was always an actor and then comedy was like eh, you know I like doing it and it was fun I never really took it that seriously and then when some industry was noticing me they were like you you're being too dirty you got to be clean and I just remember thinking like or you got to be personal and clean mm. and there is something to the fact that if you can kill being yeah. personal and clean I mean that's you know that's Everest right for sure yeah but me and my friends say it's CPK, right? Clean, personal, kill. Like that Venn diagram. Right. Because there are a lot of people who are personal and kill. Right. Like Richard Pryor, but they're not clean. Yeah. Or like, but which know. is weird because it's like, okay, so when people say clean, I go, you need to be specific because sometimes, like I'm technically clean. Yes. Like I don't talk, I don't, I I have maybe one joke where it involves like anything sexual, but it's completely not about sex. But it's edgy, yes. Yeah, but it's more so like I'm talking about my my intimacy issues and how I know that I'm confrontational or aggressive with men because if I see a boner, it feels confrontational to me. Yeah. But I'm like, it's not like me being like, you know when you're sucking dick and you're like, eh, 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 I didn't brush my teeth today. It's like, I'm not doing that. And so I'm like, not knocking anybody that does anything like that. Like I love Nikki Glaser and she talks about sex yeah. and she's great at it. Um. And so I I feel like, so I hate when people are like, oh, clean, or not, not, but like when comics are like, okay, you have to be clean. And I'm like, okay, but what do you mean by clean? clean. Because if I talk about abortion and I talk about suicide and I talk about depression and I talk that's about, clean. yeah, if I talk about molestation, I'm like, technically it's all clean. It's dark, yeah, but yeah. it's clean. I'm yeah. not swearing. I'm not blue. Mm. I'm not. And so they're like, okay. So I'm like, you mean don't be edgy and clean yes so that's like a lot of the times where i get annoyed because people are like ah, i can't have you because you're you're a little dirty i was like no no no, i'm not dirty yeah. at all i'm like i'm just edgy but it's my real shit yeah. so it's not like i'm like chinese people are gross it's not like i'm insulting <laughs> other people like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i got molested and i learned how to make a fucking funny joke yeah and also the best the best and edgiest jokes are probably technically clean because you don't say fuck and you don't hump a stool you right know, the best jokes are the jokes where someone's like oh my god that was like wow yeah but there's no dirty words the dirty for words sure. are the least you know the yeah. least edgy thing about what you're saying for sure yeah. that's why i tell people i'm like okay do you say clean like i'll just take out because you know sometimes you just naturally swear you're just like what the fuck or like this fucking bitch or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah but i'm like okay like i just won't swear or like you need to tell me don't do any <laughs> edgy shit oh believe me if you ever end up doing military tours that's a big one because they're like oh it's just a few rolls and then you do a show, they're like, ah, uh, you shouldn't. I go, you told me this was fine. Yeah. And then, I, then when I started doing tours the military, I started just like typing up my set and mm. getting it approved with the colonel. Like, uh. approve this set because I don't want some bullshit of a yeah. joke. I mean, there's a, uh, God, what was the joke? I, some, I was doing these tours and this comic, I'm forgetting his name now, he's a New York guy, but they had jokes about how you, you know, you, obviously the military, you can't talk about drug use. Mm. You can't shit on the president. You can't do anything about sexual assault because mm. it's a big problem there or homosexuality. Yeah. That was kind of like the basic thing. So yeah. Like, okay. So this comic had a joke, which f technically fit the circumstances. And by the way, yeah. this is all mostly just young men full oh, of yeah. fucking piss and vinegar and cum. And he said, he goes, I go, the only time I want to hear... Uh, my girlfriend fart is when I'm pulling my cock out of her ass. Now, mm. I don't know if it's funny or whatever. They thought it was funny. Yeah. But it's not a rape joke. It's not an assault joke. Yeah. It's just like a, it's a maybe unfunny like butt sex joke. Yeah. And some general heard it across the courtyard and then like and like canceled the shows no. for like the next like month. And they had to like recalibrate how to like 
to tell the comics what to do. I'm like, these people are shooting people. Let them hear a fucking joke. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I actually have done uh, a couple uh, military shows, but it wasn't like a tour. Um, a comic. Do you know Michael D'Angelo? Yeah. He does. He was in the Marines, so he does uh, these like Marine uh, yeah. based shows or whatever but i've done they were honestly some of my favorite shows like the the marines like they were such good audience because i'm like yes these people the amount of like pressure and the actual like realness of the stuff that they have to go through on a daily basis like these people need to laugh they want to laugh and they're so happy that you're there but they did try to be like okay don't do that and i was like if I, cause they tried to be like, Oh, don't do a sexual assault joke. I'm like, I was sexually assaulted. I will do a sexual yeah. assault fucking joke. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times like I've done like these all women shows or whatever. And they're like, this one woman was like, you can't do any rape jokes. I go, I was raped. I'm going to do a rape joke. Yeah. Like I've at least earned that. Yeah. Sorry, sweetheart. Yeah. And she was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well the women can. And I go, well, okay. So what if my brother was a comic and he had a rape joke because his sister got raped? Like he, can, it's like, stop assuming that if people have a rape joke that like, we're going to be like, Oh, Oh, these bitches, they got raped. Shut the fuck up. Like, why would you think that that's someone's take? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I heard this one kid, he's a New York comic. I'm forgetting his name. He's like a, like up and coming comic. I mean, he's probably been in like 10 years, but I mean, he's not like yeah. this out, but he has this really funny rape joke, uh, where he said, um, what's it called? Oh, he's like, yeah. He's like, I find it really weird that they call it like date rape. He's like, you don't say anything. You don't ever say like, Oh, they were date murdered. Or he's like, it's just, you know? <laughs> and he's like, it, what a ah, fuck. I'm butchering. I'm so sorry if this is your joke. Um, but it was just like a really funny premise and being like, yeah, why do they say date raped? It's like, does it matter like what you were doing before the rape? Like you just got raped. Like, yeah. why do we have to like, you know, let them know like what you were doing before what he That's does it much so better. Interesting. I'd, I'd be curious about the etymology of that. Like if it was, if it was people that were trying to like soften legally what it was. Yeah. Then was you're like, hey, like, she got a nice steak dinner beforehand. So yeah. less than the charge. I don't think any human being would have that unless someone was like mimicking or mocking a per. They're like, you know, my dad, he's like a type of guy where he's like, yeah, did she get raped? She got steak dinner, whatever. Like it'd yeah. be someone doing an impression. I don't think anyone would ever go on stage and be like, I don't understand why these women are complaining about being raped. It's like, don't you like adventure? Like no one's going to do that, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, so when people are like, Oh, men can't make rape jokes. I'm like, of course they can. One men get raped too. Yeah. And two, I'm like, their mothers get raped. Their sisters get yeah. raped. Their girlfriends get raped. So it's like, so it, to tell them yeah. they can't do that. It's, it's weird because I wrote an article <laughs> for punchline magazine, probably about God, like 2009. Yeah. And it was after, it was before Louis had been Me Too'd, but a lot of, oh, it was after the Daniel Tosh thing, uh, where okay, okay. he said, he made a an offhanded like rape joke in the audience, which wasn't funny, but he yeah. was also just ripping. What was it? Um, he said, if you ever say blank isn't funny, if that's something that you, comes out of your mouth, blank isn't funny, then I hate you with every fiber of my being. Mm -hmm. everything is funny if you write a good enough joke. Yeah. And someone screamed out, rape isn't funny. He goes, well, I think it'd be funny if five guys come right now and just game raped you right in front of everybody right now. Now, yeah. now people laughed. It's not It's yeah. not that funny, but he just responded to a woman yelling For that. sure, and, and I he get got, that. And like, they tried to cancel his show. Yeah. So, and then, so I wrote an article about that. And one of the things I, you know, like, oh, well, because then people are like, well, here, there are rules of rape jokes. Yeah. You can only do rape jokes about this and that and the other. I'm like, well. There's no rules. You know, because 
Louis C.K. had a joke where he said, uh, I keep bringing oh, Louis I love C.K. It, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, he's like, you should never rape a woman unless you really want to have sex with her. It's hilarious. <laughs> what a solution? Not yeah. rape her? Well, that's that's not, not an answer. That. Yeah. And it's like, of course, we know absurd. he's being silly and stupid yes. and it's funny. And so I'm like, dude, I got raped. Like, and I never get offended by that. And yes. like, I remember like when I first started to like do rape jokes uh, then, and everybody kept being like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It makes people uncomfortable or what? I'm like, I don't, I don't give care. a fuck. Yeah. Like That's you gotta truth. go handle your shit. Like I'm handling mine. And so I've had a girl like walk out or like like crying and like being dramatic and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, did you think that like you can gatekeep pain or you can gatekeep art because you haven't handled your shit? Like yeah, the answer you spoiled is yes. fucking narcissist. The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's like and I call those people out all the time because I'm like, dude, no, if I found a way to take my darkness and transmute it into light you're not going to sit here and bully me because you had a friend that was raped and you think you're this good person by protecting her. Look up the comics, like figure out like what type of shit they talk about or whatever, or just understand that this is like the radio. Like you can't change the channel. You're going to have to wait till the next fucking song. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's a healthy attitude. Now I know we have, we, are we on a time crunch right now? Oh no, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Because I want to make sure that we got to a really serious matter. Right. Yeah. That we brought up earlier, and uh, it you know if, it, trigger warning on this next section yeah. for some people. Um, I, know like we, I know we've been talking a lot about rape and stuff, rape? but something even more serious, <laughs> which is the Barbie movie. Yeah, and um, and the fact that it it may it it will definitely be one of the top ten grossing movies of all time. Yeah, right. Probably not just in America, but in the world and. It could potentially, if it has legs through the summer, mm. which it might because the movie's coming out of such fucking garbage, that uh, it could be the biggest movie in American history. Now, I saw the movie. I went on a date. Yeah. And I saw the movie uh, with a girl who was, uh, showed up, the pink, looking amazing, blah, mm. blah, blah, Barbie, take, take photos of me in front of the thing, and like, oh. all Barbie. And you see yeah. these young girls going there. Yeah. And I went in, honestly, even though I am a cis white male mm-hmm. who has like, you know, some jokes about feminism, but um, I have daughters. I feel like I'm trying to be on the right side. So I was like, I was there for it. Yeah. I was like, hey man, I know it's going to be super feminist. I'd heard all the things, mm-hmm. the Republican talking points. I was like, it's going to be fine. Um, m- men can be pilloried. I'm okay with men being pilloried and white for men sure. being pilloried. We're, we're absurd humans. So um, I... And then we, I'll go to you after this, but like, I just remember, I remember wanting to laugh and just finding it like just kind of straining for the moments that I thought were funny. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is okay. That's kind of, and, and then like a lot of like, kind of like head nodding. Okay. That's kind of cool. The, yeah. the, the, the guitar thing is kind of funny. They're mm-hmm. all playing guitar. Like I get that yeah. the guitar guy. Okay. That's cool. In terms of laugh out loud moments, like God, three maybe at most. Mm-hmm. But that was the whole audience. Right. And I'm next to like young girls, like nine and ten, who showed up with their all da da and lot. And when I was outside the theater waiting for the date to get out of the bathroom, um, uh, I just saw a bunch of people walking out depressed, and a lot of girls just walking out like literally yawning, and they just looked beaten down. Yeah. And and honestly, confused is probably the best way because I think a lot of people went in there going like, oh flashy pink Barbie Barbie day and they yeah. went in there my personal belief it's sort of like Shakespeare mm-hmm. like a lot of people 
I was a theater actor in New York. They go see Shakespeare in the park. Oh, I loved it. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Or do you think that that's what cool, like, cultured, yeah. interesting people say that they liked it? For sure. Because when you were watching the movie, were you really liking it? Yeah. And I tend to think that people, it's become this thing where I feel like if women kind of liked it mm-hmm. and they hear the backlash to it from men, yeah. then they love it. Right. And men who thought it was okay... Then they hear women g- gushing. They fucking hate it. For sure. So now it's like these two tent poles in the sand. Totally. So I'm curious about what your experience was yeah. with the movie. I mean, I think people probably genuinely did like it. And that's my thing is it's like you movies make you feel something. So it's like whatever yeah. it makes you feel. And if they if those feelings are good, then you're like, it's a good movie. But in terms of the actual fucking movie now. So I went into it. Same thing. I went to like, I was like, oh, I grew up a Barbie. So I'm a girl and it's nostalgic. And like, you know, Barbies you aren't do the a big pink, deal. You grow with your friends. And- um, I wore like a floral shirt. So I was like, you know, and I wore jewelry. Pink and I adjacent. Like that. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like hitting the nuances of Barbie. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay. And I was like, it looked cute and obviously every girl loves Ryan Gosling and so I was like all right here we go same thing I thought parts were funny but in terms of the fucking plot one okay so the whole spoiler for anyone yeah everyone if everyone's probably seen it if they haven't who cares it, yeah it's your fault by now so my my first issue with it is like the whole entire movie is fuck the patriarchy fuck the patriarchy yeah. while the men are carrying the movie now you could have the theme be fuck the move or fuck the patriarchy, but then Ryan Gosling can't be the number one fucking star of it. Like yeah. it's a little hypocritical. One, two, it's supposed to be this like female empowering thing. And it's like, okay, so all the comedy, it didn't come from the woman. You had Issa Rae, who's a fantastic comedic actress. Did nothing. Nothing. She had, nothing she had to no do. lines. Like she had like two lines. And then fucking Kate McKinnon, brilliant fucking actress Completely and wasted. comedian. And she has like two like good scenes, but I'm like... She has exposition where she's talking about like the rules of Barbie yes. Land. Real world, and I'm yeah. like, why was the plot not... Oh, so you had perfect stereotypical Barbie and then you had weird Barbie. Why is weird Barbie weird? And she's the outcast. It should have been like this Boo Radley thing where they're like, oh, like we don't like her, blah, blah, blah. And then her and weird Barbie go to the reality together. Mm -hmm. They have the adventure. They learn to understand each other and accept each other. Like she doesn't need to be stereotypical and it's okay for her to be weird. And while they're gone, Ryan Gosling takes over with the patriarchy. I'm like, how is that not like, it just made no sense. There was no real plot. So the first thing is she's like, oh no, I have cellulite. I got to go to the real world. And they had this like whole little matrix moment. Do you want the Birkenstock or do you want the fucking high High heel? And I was like, okay, that's going to be the, that's going to be the gist of the movie is like, do you want to go into reality where you're going to feel real emotions and there's going to be real shit? Or do you want to live in la-la land where everything's fucking perfect? But then they're like, That's okay. a great... By the way, that setup, which the movie sets up, is great. Yes. I'm on board with that idea. For sure. I was like, this is common sense. Like yeah. this is, And so I'm like, it's female empowerment. So concentrate on the motherfucking females and so the that should have just been like a subplot the thing of like ryan gosling and it was funny at first when he first was in century city and he was like "Ooh, horses cigarettes like um, i was like oh that's funny but then all of a sudden when like that was the whole plot i was like okay and then it was like I, yeah again i didn't like that you're like fuck men but it's like if you didn't have ryan gosling you didn't have a movie there's no movie yeah. i'll certainly tell you that and then two i'm like can we one time demonstrate like women coming together where we don't sit around and like talk about men <laughs> like can we can we do can the movie be about fucking 
women like growing old and like dealing with that or can it be about the bond of sisters or can it be about the bond of like a mother and a daughter like something i'm like it should be pro female not men are shit right and i'm like Mm -hmm. god like and then the the part the bonfire part at first i was like oh this is really funny but they the the pushback that women always get like that we have these one-dimensional characters where okay, like in a Bond movie or in some fucking, you know, uh, Mission Impossible movie, the woman is like the seductress and like that's how she moves through is like by charming men and then she's like, ha ha, I got your keys. Yes. And I'm like, so maybe make these characters three-dimensional and when they all come together to do a plot, maybe do like an Ocean's Eleven type of thing where they use rocket scientist Barbie and fucking bank bitch Not Barbie. Not use their or sexual wiles. Yes, to, like, yeah. to be like, okay, so we're going to solve the problems by we're going to trick the men into falling in love with us and then when they fall in love with us we're gonna flirt with another guy in front of their faces and then we'll start a war with them i'm like is that not shitty yeah like yeah. is that not like again <laughs> the most the, manipulative anti-feminine thing yes you could think of? i'm like how about i could just beat you like yeah. how about i can just like beat you with like so why don't you make these girls be like all right let's go down to the fucking capital and lawyer barbie comes in is actually like actually bitch it's this this like you know what i mean yeah or course. fucking karate barbie just beats their ass like whatever and so we didn't learn anything about any of the barbies did anybody have a plot besides for stereotypical barbie and she's like i'm blonde i don't know what to do i'm cellulite and then and then the very end of it she was like okay i want to be human we're like we never talked about that the whole entire time the whole time the whole she it's, was coming to save barbie land or but now to, she's like i don't want to be a part of barbie i want to be in the real human. world and then and then the question becomes so i'll backtrack a little bit so yeah so people don't know you have the barbie land and then you have the real world right which is per, you know fish out of water it's classic for every comedy right yeah. the idea of a perfect barbie with no genitalia who comes into the real first of all the whole idea that now she's in the real, real world yeah so she exists in as a real woman For so sure. the minute she goes in the real world she's got a pussy she's got a butt she burps she farts she drinks yeah water goes in her mouth which yeah. we established that doesn't so i'm like right away There's not so to be to too scatological with. but right away you have what if you went from being a plastic doll to a real human instantly right the shit that you would discover about your body yeah the squishiness of your body the the fact that you have genitalia now oh my god what's i have to like you're peeing your pants like like not like it has to be that gross right but just some element of like but they don't even establish that she is a real woman until the very end this is bullshit like you all you have to do is believe like tinkerbell yeah and then now she's a real woman yeah it was it and here's the thing is i feel like greta the director i think she did a lot of great things in terms of like visuals like it was really beautiful Beautiful. she did like a lot of she took a lot of creative liberties like that whole little war scene like there was a lot of cute funny moments and so it's like i'll give her that but in terms of just like themes plot storylines character development like it was really not there yeah and so like and i get it because it's like i get that these women like felt something i don't know what because as a woman who like i feel like i'm like the only like real genuine feminist because i'm like um i was like do y'all think that like we're this dumb and like catty and that like we're all like you know just looks you know there's like moments like that where i'm like dude that's not feminism like yeah um, it's yes. I have a daughter who's 22, just graduated Berkeley. Oh damn! And I asked her. I said she's she's got a film and uh, film and TV production degree, which will get you a lot of work. Yeah. Not. Oh, but she, oh um, I go. Oh. She. But I asked her about it. She goes, Yeah, I didn't like. It. I was like, Thank 
God, God. my smart Berkeley feminist yeah. liberal daughter. Like, she goes, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't feminist enough. She was like, it was like bullshit feminism. It was like baby feminism. It was literally like, bu- and and uh, uh, I don't know, Mark Marin. The thing that pissed me off is he was on, he made a video, and he was like, people who don't like men who don't like this movie, you guys are pathetic, and you guys are bigots. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, and and I'm like, hey, you could say. I really like the movie. I thought it was dope. And if you don't like the movie, I get it. Because I feel the same way. If yeah. there's certain movies where I'm like, I don't like or you like, I'm not going to tell you what your political affiliation now is. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to. So it's like. You didn't like the movie? Like, you're a Trump supporter. Yes. That's you're the same person who didn't get vaccinated. Right. People literally, like, I said something and people are like, oh, you sound like a real Republican. I'm like, I've literally had two abortions. I grew up <laughs> on fucking food stamps, like, across the street from the projects. Like, yeah. I'm I an cr- artist. I'm an artist. I couldn't be more of a fucking Democrat. I was like, yeah. it just was not a good movie. Yes. And for. Okay, I don't want to say it wasn't a good movie because that's I, my opinion is not the reality. I didn't think it was a good movie based on very simple structure of story. Yes. And of yes. character development. And if you're going to sell me women empowerment, it better be about women and the women better be the star of the movie yes. and not Ryan Gosling. Yes. It was also weird because it's not a musical. But Ryan Gosling sings three a songs solo. and nobody else sings. Yes. Ryan Gosling is the only one who's singing. He sings three songs. You're the like, only funny that's part. very, very odd. I also, you know, th- there's a lot of theories going around that Greta Gerwig was, was mocking feminism in the movie. She was mocking. I think that's what some of these Republican talking heads are trying to like, mm. like, oh, this movie is actually anti-feminist if you think about it. But I do think that she was trying to cover so many elements, so many waves of feminism yeah. that she kind of lost the thread. Um, because even at the end, like, you know, you, you, you show up and you have all these Barbies, but it's a pretty vast array of Barbies. Yeah. You have a, we don't know you about have a trans Barbie. You have lots of different races, Barbies, yeah. and this is in, in, in stereotypical Barbie land, whatever. And then you have a woman who I don't want to like shit on the actress, but she's obviously heavy and not in attractive, a like oh, a normal. Yeah. And then you have wheelchair Barbie. Which, yeah. Now there, there was, there is a curvy if Barbie. If I'm in a wheelchair, can I just have a doll that's not in a wheelchair? <laughs> so do I get raped Barbie because I was raped? Like, can I just have a fucking fantasy? In therapy Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, and I, and I get it. Cause you're like, we want to make sure we, I'm like, but it's fantasy. Like, here's the thing. If people want it, if there's a demand for it, for sure, do it. But I'm just letting you know, if I grew up poor, I don't want food stamp Barbie. <laughs> like, I don't. I, Have you said that on stage? No. But funny. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But, you know, and I knew, and there, yeah, obviously there is a, a wheelchair Barbie. They've been yeah. trying to. And what people also don't realize is that Barbie has been trying to reinvent itself and rebrand itself for the past, like, 20 years. When for it first sure. started getting backlash for what it's doing to women. Yeah. And, um. To their credit, and it's been a very multicultural and yeah. men. The board is usually like almost fifty-fifty split. Yeah, um, which is bizarre because in the movie they're all white men. Right. And I don't know. And on one level, you're like, "Haha, fuck the white man." Another level, like, "Okay, this has all been stamped and approved and funded." by a white male CEO at the end of the day, right? Who is lying about the makeup of his company to virtue signal appeal to a. A, a liberal crowd that he knows will ingest this. Totally. So it's it's inauthentic that way. Right. And I guess because because part because at first you're like, why would they give their IP to someone who seems like they hate 
the IP. Right. Because Barbie is sort of pilloried and Mattel is all these stupid fucking idiotic white men. Right. But they are the people who are making this production happen. So right. why would they allow that? Other than the fact that like they're bamboozling people. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So fuck about you're you're so because now Barbie's selling again. Right. And at the end of the day it's about moving product. Because of the course. Barbie well people realize that Barbie's been on the brink of, of bankruptcy, bankruptcy yeah. for over a decade. Yeah. And they're trying to rebrand. Now they're like, oh we figured it out. Yeah. You know, make 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 it a sort of quasi feminist Barbie. And I don't know if and everyone's like Greta, Ger- Greta Gerwig and Greta Gerwig. I don't know her well enough, but like I also know how studios work. Right. And studios never let you just be Greta Gerwig. Right. They don't just give you the reins and be like, go. Right. Like that shit is like, people were coming and shaping that. Oh, for sure. No matter what you wanted. Yeah. And like I said, like as a director, I think she did a lot of creative cool things and so i was like okay like she definitely did a lot of things that i was like good job so it's like i don't want to trash her um and again like if you like the movie good but don't tell me that it's feminist don't tell me that the plot makes sense yeah the plot makes sense because it really fucking doesn't and if the movie's called barbie we need barbie fucking plot lines yes like we really do and then don't sit here and be like fuck the men if the men literally had to carry that if they movie. carry the show yeah yeah and i don't like ryan gosling fucking killed it i was like thank god he was in this movie because it would not have been good yes like they didn't write the other females i thought it was going to be bridesmaids 2.0 yeah. Like I thought I was like, damn, they got I was like, oh, Kate McKinnon's in it, Issa Rae's in it, in Margot it. Robbie's fantastic. I was like, okay, I was like, we have I was like, let they'll probably have and some like up no and coming comedy from the Barbies. That's such a good point. No, there's not. Yeah. And I'm like, and as a woman who's a female comic, you constantly hear the thing like women aren't funny, women aren't funny. And uh, when I saw broad bridesmaids, I was like, Yes, I was like, here we yes. go. And so I thought that this was gonna be like another opportunity to of like, hey, look at these women and they're gonna they're gonna have beautiful women being fun. Uh what's that movie the heartbreak kid have you ever seen it with ben stiller i forget that actress's name but she kills it the blonde chick and she's gorgeous and it's fucking hilarious and i was like so i thought they're gonna have a bunch of those bitches like and just kill it as barbies and be funny and whatever and i was like uh, we didn't have that at all yeah i don't know anything funny that margot robbie said it's not her fault like she yeah and also who knows what the director's cut was versus the studio cut and now the director's cut will definitely never happen because the movie is so fucking successful totally so i mean for all we know greg girl was like this isn't the fucking this right i I didn't want ryan gosling to be the main but then the people who are the producers who are are really running the show yeah and they're like women love him yeah they just made it mostly about and they maybe Easter Ray and all these other actors had but you know, of course, they're not allowed to say that. Right. They get fucking pilloried. Right. Um, I had so much funny shit that they cut. They're like, it's the biggest. Now you just sound bitter. Yeah. Um, my my big problem with the movie um, was if if you're going to set up a, the whole idea of like the Matrix, like it's it's the fake world and the real world. Like, yeah. show me the real world. I know. Show me an ounce of the real world. Not a, just a real them world on that Venice I can just, Beach and then construction workers are like, "Hey, tits!" And you're you like, got, "You got you got fries with that shake?" Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> "This is so fucking hack." Yeah. Like, can we come on? Like, and then she goes to jail, and the cops are harassing uh, her, and she's like, "What?" It's just. Uh, trust me, like I said, I have been raped and I've been me too, like, and I've been molested. I've had the whole spectrum of sexual abuse, truly. And so I'm like, you can show nuances. And if it's if you're a woman and you're writing the woman experience, I'm like, you should be able to hit specific nuances that were like, hell yes, versus like being hack and being like a construction worker. And yes. he's like, sweet tit, nice shit. And you're like, nobody <laughs> fucking says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. But if I if I say as a man, yeah. And one of the things we were talking about the the, the backlash, like someone posted on my timeline. It was right after I saw the movie. Yeah. And they posted, I, men who like the Barbie movie are really hot. Mm-hmm. And just being, a, I mean, it wasn't me a total dick. I said, yeah. I said, but they have bad taste in movies. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. That one comment, the amount of, I mean, right away I'm, I'm voting for Trump. Yeah. I'm trying to get Trump reelected. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sexist. I'm a misogynist misogynist you're a cis white male oh, yeah. you're the problem same thing like i'm i'm a republican same thing i'm you know a pick me yada 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 i'm like or i love film and like again just on yeah. story structure it was bad and then i actually do support women like and i felt like they could have highlighted the female comics in the movie. 100%. And I thought, you could show sexual harassment. Yes, sexual harassment happens. I've been sexually harassed. I've been catcalled, of course. But don't do, you got fries with that shake? Like, really? And don't have a, a, like a, a 22-year-old hipster smack your ass on yeah. rollerblades. Seriously. <laughs> he would ne- a 22-year-old hipster? Yeah, right. You would never. <laughs> yeah. They're pussies. Like, so I'm like, just do, like, if you're going to do that angle, just do it right. Yeah, just have a little bit of like, the, and maybe, and then the funny thing is, I also find that when you do kind of go deeper cuts, start criticizing movie, like it's a movie about a doll. Why are you being so fucking? I'm like, no. Yeah, like why is this? Like, why are you taking this so serious? You're like, why are you so seriously offended that I don't like it? Yes, hundred like, percent. But yeah. it's, that's easy thing to like. Oh, I love this movie so important. It's like I didn't like it. Oh, dude, you're getting offended by a doll movie. Like whatever. I'm like, it's no, like, I'm not offended. I'm just telling you, I don't like it, and that's. So, I'm more so offended that you are assuming my fucking political beliefs based on me not like I don't care yeah. if I'm like yeah I didn't like it you care that I don't like it because anytime I say I don't like it people are like what do you like about it <laughs> who'd you vote oh, for oh I can be very specific about that one of the things I mean I feel because I went in there if I feel like this is what I feel I do feel like there is a cut in that movie mm-hmm. potentially that is brilliant oh I'm sure and I don't think it but and then again maybe not because there's some stuff that's just so fucking bad to me where I just I literally was like, what movie? And I turned to the person I'm with him, like, what movie are we watching now? I was like, what the fuck is happening? Is when Barbie goes to the Mattel board. Yeah. And they were like, Barbie, get in the box. So right away you're like, okay, I guess she needs to be in the box because there's a rift between Barbie land and the real world and that will create some sort of chaos that's never yeah. really explained. So I can kind of get on board with her getting into the box and that yeah. being a thing. And there's some weird that will transmute to the Barbie. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. It's like they're rebooting Barbie. I can kind of, I'm still on board. Then she runs out of the office and what ensues is the most fucking Weird. bizarre scene yeah. where they're chasing her in a cubicle and it's literally like a West Side Story choreographed dance where I, I'm I'm like, why has this become... Now, now, are we back in Barbie land? Is yeah, this a real it's world? It's like the Matrix musical where you're like, I don't understand. And then she like meets the like lady who is who invented Barbie, Barbie who keeps talking about her financial issues so I'm like okay are we just like discrediting her like completely like yeah. she's like yeah I invented Barbie and I I owe money to the IRS I'm like okay cool so like it doesn't work out when you build a huge brand thanks for letting me know um yeah. it's just it, yeah and I'm like I get like she was trying to have this like these like surrealistic like you know cool things but I'm like but it doesn't follow the whole movie so it's just it, it was just yes. I think that 
I think you're right where she probably watched that the edited version of like what the producers or the like the people who were above her and she was like yo you guys fucked my movie like this wasn't it but then it became so successful that she was like all right so yeah. but I guarantee you because I, I I've known I don't know her personally but I always um used to look up you know independent female oh Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig I love their shit yeah. that's what I come up with I came up with that in New York oh, yeah. Really? yeah I I remember I first saw Francis haha and mm-hmm. I was like oh who's this girl and like Jennifer Westfield and like uh-huh. I heard about Lena Dunham way before girls so it's like yeah. I oh and I really liked her so it's like that's why I feel bad because I'm like guarantee you it's not her it's not her like yes. is the, but the things that she was in charge of I could tell her taste and her stuff was on it but I know they fucked with the editing and the yes. storyboarding and whatever and those are the big Hollywood producers who fuck shit up for sure and also I mean the biggest and also one of my biggest complaints and I'll compare this to another movie I saw in the theater. I saw The Blackening in the theater, a movie that didn't do that well. Mm. It's, it is definitely for a black audience. Okay. And I saw it with a black audience because that's who was seen in the theaters. But like the reactions to that movie were, it was, that's why you go to movies, to have a shared communal reaction to something that this community could all relate to. And even as a white guy, I would get. Like there's a, there's a moment where, when the thug black dudes is like shooting the gun sideways mm-hmm. at the m- villain. Yeah. And then the nerdy kind of Carlton black guy kind of like straightens his hand so the gun shoots this way, mm-hmm. which everyone can relate to. Like white yeah. people, black people shoot the gun differently. It was just a small little way of doing Right. And the audience erupts in laughter because it's a shared knowledge. Right. People, you know, no. And I felt that movie, although like I said, people don't talk about it. It has no real cultural zeitgeist. It, it did the job of mm-hmm. making a movie that was experiential for the black community and for people watching in the theater. So for Barbie, I'm going, same thing, right? A group of women, but I went like the first weekend was packed, like it was yeah. on the second fucking row, whatever it is. And people weren't really laughing. So my big problem is it just wasn't funny. Like the first big set of jokes they have, other than the physical jokes of her showering with no water and stuff like that, was, I'm going to beat you off. I'll beat both of you off. I'll beat you at the same time. You can't even beat yourself off. And I'm going like, first of all, you haven't even established what the word beach means as a verb. So you've already fucked up the premise of the joke. You can't even start it with your punchline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So right away, I'm like, this bitch doesn't know how to write a joke. That's my thought. You know what I mean? And that annoyed me. And then as as it's going forward, I kept waiting for like, that to happen, it never really got super funny to me. Yeah. Even the stuff that, and or to the audience, and I felt like it was there. It was right there. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's also the audience I was at. Maybe there right. are audiences where it was just fucking raucous and you could get dr- sucked into that energy. I just right. don't believe. <laughs> I remember, like, I liked the acoustic scene part. Like, Everybody loved that. Yeah, acoustic that guitar. was funny until they were like, now we're going to lead, like, till it got like weird i was like okay but i thought the acoustic guitar part was funny i thought them like doing the war scene was like funny like how they set it up um i thought when he first learned about the patriarchy was funny i really didn't understand alan's character michael Sarah. yes i was like did she just owe him a favor where she was like dude i'm gonna put you in and the then movie. he was going to go to the real world but then he decided not to go to the yeah. real world and I don't understand. But you notice that's like Michael Sarah, Will Ferrell, Ryan Gosling, like they're all like comedic actors who do really well. And I'm like, so you really did rely on yes. three white men. And the funny thing about the Will Ferrell characters, that whole thing with the metallic execs, 
if you completely remove them from the movie, hundred percent right. remove them from the movie, that shouldn't have it's been. It's the exact movie. same movie, right? It they they in no way affect the plot. No, she can still go to the real world, go into Mattel, look around, find the woman, right? Go hang out with America Ferrara, go back, try to. I don't even know why they went back. Yeah. to Barbie in the first place, but like the whole chase. And why are they chasing her to Barbie land? And if they're in the real world, like, oh, so this mom just just drives like Fast and the Furious. Like, so it was weird. Cause it's like, hey, in Barbie land, I get that this, the, the world is set up like this. But in real world, the world is set up like this. But then the real world had elements where oh, it was too. It was nonsensical. Yeah. So I was like, I'm like. You gotta pick. Yeah, like this. Yeah. It should be a. It should be a distinct difference between. The and this worlds. is something that I n- know about Will Ferrell as yeah. an actor because he's very. He 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 won't do anything unless he has some control. Right. And I guarantee you that he was being written as a villain, and he said, "I don't want to be a villain," mm. because at one point he says, "Why are we chasing her?" He's like, "Well, because I want to make preserve the integrity of Barbie for girls for generations to come." You're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. What well, I thought you were back. Okay, I get yeah. it. And then and then the back to the comedy idea. The big final punchline of the movie. Yeah. Which, you know, if you end a movie on a big laugh, great. But goes, I'm here for my appointment. I'm here to see a gynecologist. It didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> got like a little bit of a chuckle. Yeah. And I don't know what that's saying, other than the fact the weird where it felt like it ran counter to the narrative they were promulgating was that she she kind of goes I, I do I want to be a, a human and then the woman the real Perlman character shows her these videos of mothers and daughters it was really fucking bananas like and then, I was like I, we've n- never talked about the storyline has never been about her being like should I be human yes. that needed to be introduced from the beginning when yes. she first goes in the real world like oh fuck and then she learns about what her life will be like in the real world and it's like hey Barbie this could be everything could be perfect but in, in you know she should have all the hardships in the real world but they're like but you can co- co- you can procreate like you could be a mother you can and you're like wait but she's like but i'll have to experience pain and i'll have to experience heartbreak and i'll have to experience you know sexual harassment and they're like ah you'll get used to it like you know what i mean it's like and we didn't have any of that the whole entire time and then they're like oh i want i'm like wait but you just saved barbie world and now you're gonna leave it yeah because the interesting thing the movie could also sort of be um a metaphor for being born into the world yeah you know I mean? if you believe that you believe in reincarnation yeah you're a, you're a spirit and that you have some active choice into entering the world to, f- to experience the physical world yeah. to experience a world of pain and suffering and know what that feels like as opposed to being in the ether of of whatever yeah everything energy magical. yeah so like a lot of people believe that that is what you, you enter the world to experience what it means to be human totally. which involves all this awful shit right so if that's what she wants it's almost like the need to be born or or a need for an ai to become sentient right so that could have been introduced right away like i want to be sentient as opposed to the fact that i'm having suicidal ideation because some woman is writing making dark even that was like she was oh well she was in a dark place and then you see her and how was she in a dark place yeah she was married with a daughter who i guess their relationship wasn't great but yeah. it's not like her daughter was like a drug addict her husband was just some n- nice guy yeah. apparently who's trying, trying to learn, to learn her language yeah. and they made him look like a fucking fool yeah You're so like, okay. i'm just kind of like is is at the very least i was like what if there was one man who had something positive to, to, right. to the world yeah 
It was, re- and, and that's the thing too. I was like, I, I don't like movies that constantly divide. I'm like, the goal is to be like, hey, if one, I feel like I'm like feminism is the most successful movement. Like we've gotten yes. everything that we've wanted without war, without violence. I'm yeah. like, we used to get beat. We not obviously rape is still a thing that you can never, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's like we weren't allowed to vote. We weren't allowed the right to education. Yes. We weren't allowed the right to marry whoever we wanted to marry. I was like, and you know, for women to have come as far as we have come without this all this violence or war or anything, I'm like, that's really impressive. Like yeah. we've done that like with our brain, like with our with just who we are as individuals, with our hard work. And so I feel like I'm like, I don't hate men. Like, I've had a lot of bad men do bad yeah, things to me, obviously. but I've had a lot of really great men who fucking have, like, helped me and been there for me and have been a rock. I've had a lot of beautiful women in my life, and I've had a lot of shitty fucking cunts in my life, too, yeah. you know? And so the the point is to, it's like, stop separating us. Like, mm-hmm. stop constantly being like, see, men are bad. I'm like, I don't, again, yes, I've had bad things, but it's like, I there's a lot of great men out there yeah. and it's okay to address that. It's okay to be like, dude, I love men and I love women. And it's also okay to want to be a mom. Yeah. Which is a weird thing because the one pregnant Barbie was always just like, ugh, Midge, look at her. Yeah. Which I don't know why they were trying to make her seem like she was a pariah. I don't know. So it was like, yeah, I just, I feel like feminism, they think sometimes that it's like, hey women, it's okay. Like, hello, I'm 36. I'm a single woman living in Los Angeles. I'm not married. Well, whatever and um, <laughs> oh like, there's a story, story there. time. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like I don't think that I, I was like the point is to give women if real feminism is like you give every woman the opportunity to be happy with whatever yeah. so if, if a woman is traditional and she's like hey I like cooking for my husband and I like great you're a feminist too like whatever makes you happy but to be like no we're just gonna honor women who are single and who don't want kids that's great too like i love that there are women that are like that like thank you because there's a lot of women who probably feel guilty for not wanting kids so it's like but let's not put another woman down to raise another woman up it's the same thing with fucking magazines when they're like oh all these skinny bitches and blah blah i'm like wait a minute so if they had a dude on the cover you'd be pissed if they had a car on the cover you'd be pissed they put a skinny woman you're still pissed i'm like why can't you just see that it's a woman getting a paycheck mm-hmm. like it's okay like yes there and if you put bigger woman on great too it's like whatever but it's like you can't you can't be like oh like she's so skinny and she you know most women don't look like that that's why she's on the cover well, I mean, that that's like a Bill Burr joke where he yeah. talks about like, he goes, look at me. I'm a fucking aging bald ginger. I don't, yeah. I don't look, I don't look like the guys on the billboard. You yeah. don't see me fucking crying about it. Yeah. And that might be a little simplistic. That's a bad right. conversation. But at the same time, like the, like all I see is billboards with men who look way hotter than me. Of course. Or G.I. Joe dolls who have abs and are yeah. with guns and no one's like, you need to make them fat. You need to make them bald. You mean to make yeah, them with no tattoos? One's, no one's asking for that. Yes. But there's literally a documentary that I watched about Barbie a long time ago. Tiny Shoulders? Is that the one? Uh, I forget. Oh, is it? Maybe it's that one. But uh, it's Hulu? basically they're saying the whole entire time where they're like, yeah, it, you know Barbie set unrealistic standards it's a doll mm-hmm. <laughs> like did anyone go to the baby doll and be like why did they have painted eyelashes on it you're like you're not supposed to get are we gonna do that with cartoons are yeah we gonna, like I also feel like and this is something I feel like the movie also kind of got wrong 
because the girl's like, you fucked up my childhood, Barbie, because you made me... I feel like the whole unrealistic expectations came from someone in academia who's like 40 years old. For sure. Who looked at the dolls and said, well, that's problematic. Although the young girl playing didn't at once think like, I don't look like Barbie. Like, she looks... You you wouldn't want to look like Barbie. She it's looks crazy. I mean, yeah. she would look insane. Right. Like, that, but it's okay to like honor beauty. It's okay to be yeah. like, wow, this is so beautiful because I'm women look we live in los angeles women are gorgeous yeah. they're here yeah like just if you're like it's a barbie it's fake you shouldn't be getting any of your beauty standards from barbie that's I don't think anyone crazy does. i think that someone wrote an article that got viral of course back and, in the day. and do i get it do i understand that for a long time it's been all these skinny women on runway but you want to know why they do that it's cost because yes. if they have a, if they have a runway show where every single woman is a complete different fucking size then they have to tailor yes. every single thing there's a reason oh, why it's a whole believe suit, me. like so I, sample sale same thing like yeah. i used to be i used to be sample sale size yeah i go to every sample sales like that's how i chop because i fit i was a perfect male model fit yeah now i'm bigger than sample sale size right. and sample sales i'm like these motherfuckers but for it's sure. really because that's how they make them and that's easy. right i i did fit modeling for like years where not fitness modeling it's just where you're a human mannequin for like clothing manufacturer yeah. companies and the the reason why they do that again it too because when they make the first you know the first sample of a thing they have they don't just sew it and then it's in the store yeah it's like they have to make six fucking versions of yeah. it and they don't want to sit here and use extra excess fabric because they're not selling it yeah. so it's just a higher cost for yes. them so or they're gonna sample size has to be person. small yeah. and and again, and also it's like when everybody's the same exact size, it's easier for them. Sometimes they have, to, oh, you're going to wear this dress. You're going to, if this person has bigger chest or this person's bigger hip, now you can't swap out the clothes. So yes. it's like, that's just what it is. And also it's like, okay, for to do fucking body bodybuilding, you have to have like, there's a lot of industries that you have certain body types, but for whatever reason, people are like, that's unreal. I'm skinny. I'm naturally fucking skinny. Yeah. So stop trashing skinny women and being like, this isn't fair that women don't look like this. I look like this. Yeah. This is my, I'm not, I'm not throwing up my food. <laughs> like this is what the fuck I'm it not is. Olympic. Yeah. I would never trash if Lizzo's on the cover. I wouldn't be like, fuck her. I'm like, great. If that's what's in or if that's what people want, great. But then don't do the reverse and trash a skinny woman when she's on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no guys want to fuck her. Like she has no meat on her bones. If I said like, oh, you chubby fucking bitch, gobble, gobble on that <laughs> dick. Like people would be like, whoa, that's mean. I'm like, yeah <laughs> you can't you can't you know you can't compartmentalize it yeah absolutely i agree so in conclusion the barbie movie yes the barbie movie is uh i'm going to be curious to see if it if it wins oscars or gets nominated for oscars that would be wild because people are saying it's going to like be like avatar where it's gonna get like 14 oscar nominations and to me that's bananas i that's think it should get It'll get production. It'll get something, I'm sure, like maybe two or three. But like Best Picture, no. I think it might have to be, though, because Hollywood does have to feed itself. Ugh, you know what I mean? I if mean, the movie blessed. does well, they have to be like, okay, we've got to give us a fucking But I Barbie. feel like movies that, you know, what what are those like Avengers movies? Like they don't get nominated for Oscars and they're like the biggest box office. Yeah. The, you know, fucking. I know. I get a little. <laughs> I remember when Angela Bassett wasn't. Uh, oh, she she was nominated was or wasn't she was okay for uh what kind of forever oh, okay and she's great she's a great actress yeah and she didn't win mm. and there was this whole controversy and then you see the actually like, like jonathan majors r.i.p jonathan majors and uh michael b jordan they're like hey angela like 
we know or what they gave her look like yeah. you should have won and I'm kind of thinking like okay that's fine but uh, like you who can't did win call what movie? Re- uh, who won uh, it was uh, the supporting actress I don't fucking remember I thought I think Wakanda was, Forever was really good though I'll yeah. tell you that it, it, or was it the was it the woman king oh wait oh Wakanda Forever but Yo. my point is like okay let's you can say racist but like you have to understand she is the first person to be nominated for a Marvel. in a Marvel movie. Right. She got nominated for a Marvel movie. Yeah. Can we at least like take the W on that? Yeah. That's fucking huge. For you know sure. what I mean? Like don't yeah. don't cry racism because she didn't win for a sequel to a Marvel movie. Right. No one else is getting nominated in Marvel movies. Right. Yeah. So there's uh, you know you can sit there and and want to and and want to attack everything for being racist and sexist and this and for that. For sure. And I probably would feel the same way if yeah. I was black. You know what I mean? For sure. I feel like with like especially with probably black entertainment that they have been shoved in silence for so long that they're like, hey. Then when they finally get stuff, they're like, come on. Like, when are we gonna get like our paid due? So it's like I understand like the anger or the um. I, I understand how people can think that. I don't know what movie won, so I'd have to see it to be like, okay, did she actually get snubbed? Yeah. Because I thought Wakanda Forever, I was like, I was surprised more people didn't talk about it. It's really fucking good. And yeah. especially the direct Ryan Kugel or Kugel, yeah. Kugel, yeah. Kugler, yeah. He, so he already finished the movie and then, oh my God, what's his name? But Chadwick, the guy that died. Chadwick. Oh, he finished the movie and then Chadwick died? He finished He finished writing the movie. Oh, writing it. Yeah, and then he died. So he uh. had to rewrite this whole entire thing. Yeah. And I'm like, imagine it's like, this is your first Marvel film. Well, this is your first huge, like, I mean, a movie at this level. And then the star of the film dies. Yeah. And you're like, wait, are we still doing this? And yeah. they're like, yeah, we're still doing it. And guess who has to figure it out? You. you. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. And then he basically used that as the whole entire theme of the movie to like talk about like the transmutation of like death and so like they had that whole theme and then they had the theme of like hey like when you have the opportunity like rise above and like choose love did you did you see it yeah yeah so like the part where like she has the opportunity to kill like the merman and she's like hey like remember like your people like remember where you're from and she could have done it to like make sure that it was just like nipped in the butt and then it was like the whole thing of like ayahuasca and like it wasn't really ayahuasca, but it was like a drug that they, but she had to make it in the scientific way, which is like showing (laughs) you again, where it's like the theme of life of where we're like, no, this is like different. It's like, no, you need to pay attention to your roots because had she have done the ritual, then she wouldn't have all that trauma. Then she wouldn't have had the fucking thing with Michael B. Jordan in hell. And then she wouldn't have, you know what So it's like, I thought they did a really good job. And I was, I mean, I genuinely was like, holy fuck, that movie was so good. And so I would have to know the other actors and be like, have you written screenplays? Sounds like it's something that you have a propensity for. Yeah, I love movies and I love like, yeah, I, I love watching them. I love yeah. talking about them. But um, um, eventually, like I said, like I want to do like a thing like Louis. I want to like have like a string of like vignettes of things that I've like been through or whatever. But like I wouldn't star in it. Like, yeah, yeah, I would have someone else. Oh, do it. you should star in it. Yeah, it's like I've thought about it, but there's things that would be like from when I'm like younger. So it's like I would have to have oh, like course, a younger yeah, female yeah, actress yeah. or whatever. But, but yeah, so like I definitely do want to write. Um, but... 
I don't like watching myself on camera. Like, I'm just like, ugh, like, I don't ever want to be. Okay. Well, we yeah. can talk about that in the future. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if if it's like a comedy <laughs> thing, well, yeah. We'll figure anyway, out. I don't want to keep you too long. Yeah. We've been here for a while. Um, you're great. So, they, they tell people your name again and where they can find you and all um, that stuff. I am Monterey Martinez, and I am a liberal. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> I'm not a pick me. Just have different opinions. Did we talk about pick me on the on the, on the podcast yet? A pick because I'd never heard this before. Yeah. Pick me as girls like they want to be aligned with men. They purposely it's like, pick me. Pick me so yeah, they, they purposely like will share viewpoint of men because they want the men's attention. Like that's yes. like basically like the general consensus of it. Um, but I I'm not. A, I'm just a tomboy. But I love women. Like I all my friends women. Like anyway, but strong secure women. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm Instagram, Monterey M, and I do have a podcast called Recovering Toxaholic. We just haven't filmed an episode. What's it called? Recovering what? Recovering Toxaholic. Toxaholic. Yeah. Like alcoholic. So like we it. used to be very toxic in our past and, you know, with self-love and therapy and growing yeah. up, like just we're on our big 